Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, it's Graps the D with Will, Phil, and Branch trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads. It's Graps the D, we're here to fill the void. Three black fans, different perspective, got to fill your voice. Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between. Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back. Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat. No need to double check, these are all facts. You're listening to us talk raps. You're listening to us talk raps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're Graps and D here to talk raps. Yeah, we're Graps and D here to talk raps. Yo, um, I was just sitting here before we went live talking about the irony of the fact that we start our podcast with an epigraph and none of us have seen The Wire. I, by it. the way, have just started The Wire um, in the year of 2023. <laughs> never seen it. Effect- I'm effectively late. But if I remember correctly, Will Washington has never seen The Wire either. So mm-hmm. pretty ironic that we start our podcast with an epigraph. But I digress. Yep. <laughs> you know what it is. It's Saturday. It's noon. You're here for a reason. We appreciate you being here. This is Grapsity. I'm Phil Lindsay. Of course, I'm here with my co-host, Righteous Reg. In the building, it's your boy, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. It's Grapsity. It's Saturday. I was watching the intro to our show, and I was like, this is a groovy tune. Shout out to everybody who likes our, our intro, tone. though. Um, I was thinking I'm heading to Seattle tomorrow for Wrestle Dream. Very excited about that. That I should wear that exact outfit that I have right there on the intro. No, I got you were the Nirvana shirt. I got the uh, flannel. Like I'm just ready for Seattle in the intro that we recorded in March. Didn't I know you were going to Seattle? We'll get into that later, I suppose. But mm-hmm. um, we also have a guest. Um, man has been at WWE. He's done a little bit of commentary. He's done some ring announcing. Um, it's all over the place. Mr. Johnny LaQuasto, what's going on, bro? 
Gentlemen, it's good to be here for the first first time, long time. Uh, yeah, yes. Fightful does amazing work um, covering everything. You guys are so unique in the show. I've been a fan for a long time, and I'm actually regretting that I didn't wear my De La Soul shirt. I see your Wu-Tang shirt. I should have popped yes. that one on before that we recorded. Big, that would have been perfect for Grassley. Thank would you, been, Dave. It would know? have been perfect Rest for this peace. audience, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, uh, hopefully, before I started this podcast, I always want to pronounce people's names right as a black man, I mm-hmm. know what it is like to sit in a room. It is like an it's an ongoing joke. I mean, Key <laughs> Key and Peel made it into a whole thing mispronouncing mm-hmm. people's names. So you know, <laughs> just want to pronounce people's names correctly when they come on our podcast. <laughs> yes, that's all right. Hey, look, Italian names are just as confusing, and mine is so unique. Uh, I actually talk about this in the special. Anyone with my last name is, is a direct relative because of how small. Our family is from Sicily, and the way our name got changed at Ellis Island, it's a very unique way. The initial spelling of my name actually means the broken in Italian, and you can figure out where the joke goes from there. Mm. Um, but yeah, my, our initial ancestor apparently had some kind of physical disability, and that's how he got his name, and here I am. So, wow. wow. Um, yeah, man. I would not have guessed Italian when I looked at that last name. I would mm-hmm. have. I don't know. I don't know what I would have guessed, but I don't know if I would have guessed Italian. Um mm-hmm. But here we are. Um, man, as we said to start your introduction, you have done commentary. You have worked at WWE. Uh, yep. How was that experience? How was it working there and doing commentary? Very surreal. I mean, from the opening, n- number one, I never thought I'd be able to work in, in pro wrestling. And then uh, 2010, I got my first opportunity thanks to David Marquez. And then, you know, I was working for the United Wrestling Network, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. A lot of people had heard of it was on. Yes. 150, 200 markets across the country and started off to, I remember my first interview ever was with Scrap Iron Adam Pierce, who obviously WWE fans now know he's the guy in charge. Um, but you know, five time NWA champion, just a legend mm-hmm. in the ring. And you know, you just, I'm working on the show for eight, nine years and then progressing from interviews to doing uh, color to doing play by play. And you know how it is. There aren't a lot of broadcasting opportunities that really open in the world of wrestling. Uh, even to right. this day, yeah. there really aren't that many. Yeah. And, you know, you have enough friends over the years that go to certain places. You know, obviously Pierce went over there. Nigel went over there. And Nigel and I are very close. And I guess an opportunity opened up to where there was an opening. And they were considering, uh, I don't know how many people. And uh, I remember I, I got reached out to in, in March, actually early 2019. And they had me send a bunch of stuff over. I already had, you know, a lot of footage. I just gotten back from Pakistan uh, for the second time. I was part of a team that brought pro wrestling to Pakistan for the first time ever. Um, wow. Let's really cool. <laughs> Man, it was very surreal. We did it first in 2017, then in 2018. And, uh, and they're an incredible group. And one thing led to another and they ended up hiring me actually without auditioning, which they said they never did, but they were like, you're in California. We love your body of work. We don't think there's a reason to fly you across the country when you've already proven you can do everything with a microphone. And so within less than a month, I, I packed all my stuff up and I, I moved to Orlando and then off to the races, uh, from there. Wow. Yeah, man, they, you jump in right away. You start off doing, the local Florida shows, they call it the coconut loop, um, all the NXT house shows. And obviously things changed a lot after the pandemic. I know it took a long time for NXT to start doing live events. But when I was there, we were going full tilt. We were doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows every single week. And at that time, the NXT roster was almost like, I guess you can say uh, the modern day Ring of Honor roster in a way. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Adam Cole was champion for most of my time there. Uh, Shayna Baszler was champion for most of my time there. Then Rhea, uh, we had that, that big moment on TV when Rhea won the title, which was really incredible because Shayna was such a good heel champion to this day. I mean, yeah. I know many would say Asuka is the greatest NXT champion ever, understandably, but Shayna, when, when Shayna was champ there, man, what a run. I mean, you just mm-hmm. the, the confidence she exuded and just, she knows she's a badass. You know, and and now it's it's a lot of the same confidence you get out of Rhea. Rhea knows that she's arguably tops in the game right now, and it's right. it's been amazing. And she's so young. I mean, geez, four years ago, you look at her and you're like, oh yeah, she's going to be the biggest thing in the sport. And you could argue now she might be. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, that is wild to think about. You were there like right before NXT went to USA, USA correct? Yeah, I was there for the the live, I guess you call it the live wars, the Wednesday wars, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. The, Wednesday the, night wars. Yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah, it was crazy. The, the first night when AEW went live, Uh, yeah, there were there were people that had, had it on their phone backstage, yeah. just kind of seeing what's <laughs> going on during the broadcast. I'm not, you know, and um, it was, man, it was, what an interesting time. Like I'm I will say this, like I, I savored every second I had. Cause you know, with, with that company, you never know what's going to happen now. Oh yeah. None of us saw a worldwide pandemic company for God's sake. Like that was, right. that was shocking. Cause I mean, for me, everything was, was going great. You know, I, I got the, the chair on 205 live officially in January of 2020. Things are going great going to TV and 205 was so cool because at the time the show was about 45 minutes. Eventually they, they, you know, shortened it. But at that time it was after SmackDown and, you know, you were getting 15 to 18 minute matches, which you would rarely get on SmackDown or raw. So guys on two Oh five, that roster was strong. They were just going out and they were putting together some amazing matches. And I get backstage afterwards to gorilla. Nobody's there anymore. Like after SmackDown, pretty Mm -hmm. much everybody left with the exception of a few people. Crazy. (laughs) And so it was like, the the performers the the wrestlers they loved it because mm-hmm. they just they got to go out and do what they do as opposed to not having to worry about commercial breaks because let's in 205 we didn't really we had a couple but they were always after a match it was never a mid-match commercial break so you were guaranteed that main event was going to be usually at least 15 to 20 you know right. with entrances and so um it was a very interesting time and then 205 started getting changed a little bit. Oh, we're going to put it before SmackDown. We're going to shorten it to 25 to 28 minutes that you just kind of roll with the punches. You really didn't know what the card was even until the morning of a lot of times, which for wrestling is not that uncommon. Um, right. But yeah, it, it was a very, I'm grateful for that time. And obviously the pandemic changed a lot of things for a lot of people on one day, but um, just to be there through all those changes and, you know, when, when everything had to go no arena and think about you guys too, none of us knew what was happening. At that time, right. oh yeah, what yeah. crazy, crazy time. Still um, confused about it. Yeah, it, it still feels <laughs> like we like lost a year of our lives that is yeah. just like disappeared into the vacuum. And mm-hmm. I know it's still like it's still an adjustment getting used to it. Even after all this time, it's been three years about, and it's still, right. it still just seems like yeah. it's just oh. a just a wild time period. I'll say this after the pandemic, I'm never working out at home ever again. That was the worst. <laughs> Man, I gave myself bicep tendonitis from doing too many push-ups. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah, I can't handle totally. it anymore. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's kind of what life was like. You started uh, doing all the things you used to do outside in your home. Now you don't want to do any of those things there. I'm right there along with you. All right. So John, you said you got 
thrown right into there. The thing that we know about WWE is when you're a commentator, you're not just saying your own thoughts. You're not just out there uh, uh, saying what you think about most of this stuff. Somebody is inside of your ear letting you know what moments might happen, what's going to happen. What's that experience like being on the commentary thing and there being a little bit of added pressure of somebody being like, you got to say this, say this, say this, say this. And who was saying this to you? It, it changed a lot during, you know, I, I was I was doing 205 consistently only for a little over three months, you know, until mm-hmm. unfortunately April 15th, 2020, when remember that day, the everything, you know, half the company was let go. Um, but it, for 205, it really wasn't that bad, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. But it changed. Adam Pierce was producing for a lot of it. So having him in my ear, it's like having it's like having your buddy in your ear. So True. for me, he trusted me. He let me do if, if it, there was something I needed to do, like a countdown, you know, countdown to a, a break or something like that, or you know, easy. But other than that, he would just he would give me occasional ideas. But other than that, it's it's really just about any just telling the story, like what stories mm-hmm. is match telling. Two hundred five at that time did their best to have storylines, yeah. but the thing is, you also never knew if someone was going to be moved or called yeah. somewhere else. So it was kind of hard to tell consistent stories, but there was some cool stuff happening at the time. I thought Leo Rush was an awesome cruiserweight champion and he, yeah, he had the title, uh, he had the title for the most of the time when I was there. And I really enjoyed calling his matches because everyone already knew how talented he was, but I feel like, uh, I feel like with 205, he really came into his own with selling and, you know, going deep into matches. And I just thought he made himself such a credible, cruiserweight champion you know um especially after mm-hmm. nice had a very very long run and then you know jordan devlin came i'm sorry uh, jd mcdonough came in um you know you had oni lorkin danny birch you had uh, joaquin wild um mm. i'm trying to think of who else but it was a really garza. strong roster yeah oh god garza love that yes. guy yeah mm-hmm. garza came in because garza's garza's the guy that beat him for the title uh, yeah. on NXT, but Mm-mm. like, yeah, I thought Garza during that time period, you couldn't tell me at that time, this guy wasn't going to be big. I was like, right. this guy gets to the main roster, he's going to be mm-hmm. off to the races. He's got it. He's got the look. He's got everything. But yeah, Leo at that time period, that was fresh off of the stuff with Bobby, so um, mm-hmm. he was a better talker, he was a better character, and we already knew he could work, and I felt like he had finally got it all together at the same time. Absolutely. I loved calling his matches. It was, uh, cause you knew it was always going to be exciting. It was always going to be inventive. And of course, everyone in that 205 live roster was creative. You were never going to yeah. get a boring moment, uh, 205 live. And, but there were different elements of it, you know, at the same time, like, yeah, you had great athletes, but you had a lot of these guys are veterans. It's not like 205 was a bunch of, you know, newer talent. No, these were guys who had been in the business for a long time. And they were placed on this roster. And I agree. Garza's an absolute star. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to see Raul Mendoza up with, you know, um, LWO. And yeah. I'd have to try to think of who else was consistently on the roster at that time. But man. And then of course, Mike Bennett came in and I thought Mike Bennett, I, I speak the world of him as a human being, but also yeah, as a wrestler. Guy. Oh yeah. And, and dude, yeah. he knows how to tell a story, man. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he came in as well towards, uh, Shortly before the pandemic, they put him on 205. And so I think, of course, yeah. they called him Mike Canales at the time. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a really, I, I, for me, it was a really special time, obviously, because I was there. I was living out my dream, but like being able to, to do my best to call these matches, tell these stories. And then, of course, being a part of NXT every single week, you think about that time. Um, 
to me, NXT was just crushing it. Like, yeah, granted, they yeah. lost the ratings war, I guess you could say, to the AEW, but look at the <laughs> roster. It speaks for yeah. itself, you know? Yeah. Um, didn't uh, did Mike have that storyline with uh, Drake Maverick when he was there? Rockstar yes! I, I yeah, mm-hmm. really loved the storyline. We got some good matches out of that because that was finally um, Drake in there wrestling. I was a big 205 Live fan. I felt like 205 Same Live. Same here. Rest in peace, one, 205 Live. Yeah, at one point, it was their best show, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I think, like, in terms of the matches, the, the main event was always good. I don't care. Every time. Mm-hmm. I don't care who was in it. The main event was always good. Um, yeah, just a really consistently good show for a long time. It's a shame that a lot of people didn't get into it. When it was on the network, I, it was, uh, I watched it religiously. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the funny thing is a lot of people would, would joke around like, oh, once SmackDown ends, everybody leaves. I could speak for myself being in the, the arenas for those three months or whatever. Most people didn't leave. I mean, if, if you right, had an yeah. arena of, I don't know, let's say there were 12,000 people in the arena, let's say almost a sellout for SmackDown. I'd say at least 70% of the people, because I would look around the arena even towards the end of the show, I'd say 70% of the arena was still there. You're still talking mm-hmm. about eight, 9,000 people. That's not too shabby. It's a lot of right. people. Yeah. Um, WWE fans like to stick around, too, especially if some of them think that they're going to get a dark match even after that, they're going to see who is it going to be. Which they would. There was always right. uh, actually um, something I thought about after the passing of Bray Wyatt, which – God, just hit all of us so hard. Um, Crazy. He would often come into, during SmackDown, there was like a separate room for like the announce team, but there really weren't many of us because, you know, Michael Cole was busy all day. Um, Corey Graves was busy all day. And so a lot of times it was just kind of me in that room with maybe a few production guys. And Bray would often come in and hang out because, you know, he had so much gear and I think he just wanted some space to unwind. So he would just kind of hang out there with me. And I remember there was a, a run there during that early 2020 when they would put the fiend in the dark main event every mm-hmm. Friday night. And I remember one day he was like, man, he's like, just one day I'd kind of like to go home early. <laughs> <laughs> Got to sit around all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, I mean, I can't speak more of him as a human being. He, um, he was one of the most welcoming people when I, when I first got the TV, everyone's professional. Everyone says, hello. It's great. But not a lot of people will go out of their way to like talk to you. He he would come in and like I've been there forever. Like he treated me like an equal, which we weren't at all. <laughs> but he was just um everything that's been said about him is a hundred percent true because if he could make someone like me, who we were not friends, we were just associates, he made me feel welcome. Imagine what he did for his family and friends. So I mean, uh we definitely lost an amazing, amazing human being. And I'm grateful for that time I got to spend with it because sometimes they would do some Firefly Funhouse stuff in that room and I would just kind of get to watch the process. And it was really amazing. Damn. That's yeah. just, man, what a, what a time period to be there for the Bray stuff. Like, like yeah. just like the reinvention and like just how hot the, the Fiend stuff was when he first came back. Um, cool thing to be able to say you experienced it behind the scenes. Yep. And that's the thing is any, I think anytime you're there, there's awesome stuff. Like right now, imagine being there. There's so much yeah. happening. You have the ratings of NXT are starting to spike up. They're selling out everywhere they go now because um, good stories are being told. And obviously the roster is always incredible. So I, I think no matter what time anyone's ever been there, there's always been some cool stories, some cool experiences. So, you know, that's for my year that I was there, my full calendar year, grateful for every second of it. I mean, it was a 
truly something. It's almost like a dream, like you said, Reg. It's it's almost mm-hmm. like wait, I was I was there, right? Like right. <laughs> it's very it's <laughs> very weird. Speaking of uh NXT, I think that the Wednesday Night War thing that I don't know if it necessarily should have happened. I understand what everybody was going for, but I think just kind of for the benefit of the wrestling business and what's going on with NXT now, I think the ratings being spread apart between both of them is just beneficial. Did the was there like a an extra added we need to we gotta cook because there's another company here, or was it just like we're NXT, we're gonna keep doing what we've been doing? Yeah, I, I never heard anything. I mean, I'm sure anyone who's a competitor, obviously, maybe there's a little bit of that. But no, it was really just about look, focus on what we're all doing, put out the best product possible, and that's mm-hmm. all it was. I mean, there was never any talk that I heard about anything like that. It's like, nope, tunnel vision. And that's really what you always have to be. It's like, yeah, we're always competing against something. But at the same time, it's like at the end of the day, you're competing with yourself. You put out the best product possible, yeah. and if everyone does it together as a team, it's going to be good. And NXT television was great. It was. It was. Um, yeah, you spoke a little bit about commentary, and I mean, um, just kind of got your name dropped. Um, <laughs> Mason and uh, Mansoir, uh oh, yeah. were released, of course, unfortunately. Um, but on their live stream, they were saying that you were somebody that they practiced uh, commentary with. Uh, Mason, particularly, he was saying you guys used to practice as a three-man booth. Yeah, I, I got Mesa raised. Did he say that? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know they mentioned that. I was going to jump on one of their streams sometime soon. I was like, hey, we got to talk about your commentator origin stories because for some weird reason, I was involved in both. Um, mm-hmm. So th- the thing is, when I was at the Performance Center, there were no other broadcasters there, you know? Um, right. And so I I didn't have anyone to call matches with. So I'm I'm not kidding when I would say – I would just literally ask wrestlers to take time out of their day – when they weren't training, like, hey, do you, do you want to go call some matches? And, you know, uh, Brennan Williams and Mansoor were the, their best friends already. That's clear. Mm-hmm. But they were always on board. They were always on board to do it. Another guy that helped me out immensely was uh, was Matt Lee or Matt Menard, who's, you know, obviously with AEW now. Mm-hmm. We had so much fun because like, there's basically um, – there was a side room that I just called it the, the announcer room, the commentary booth, whatever it was. Where there were TV set up, monitor set up, and basically you just call matches and practice matches. And they would use it for a bunch of various things. Like I know, uh, they would use it for NXT UK if anyone was patching in from America, you know, to broadcast there, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was basically my job to come up with my schedule during the week. And for me, I'm a first to show up, last person to leave kind of guy. Like I, I went to every skull session possible. Like for me, I wanted to soak it in because that's just, you hire me, I'm going to make sure you don't regret it. That's the way I look at it, right? Right. So I'm asking everyone to call matches. Throughout the show, I'll try to come up with everyone who actually said yes over my over the year. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Matt, uh, Brennan, and Mansoor were the three that were always like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. And so we were just – we were calling matches, and it was really fun. Um, I will say the matches I called with Matt could never be broadcast because he's way too funny, especially <laughs> – Yeah, he, he used to do the dark matches for AEW. Yeah, I was going to say he started working and in AEW. He was AEW very funny doing too. the commentary on there. Mm-hmm. He he wanted me – yeah, he he was trying. He was trying to make us a team, that's for sure, but he is hilarious. Uh, So Brennan and Mansoor and I, we would call matches. Sometimes the three of us. Other times it would be me and Brennan calling some matches or me and Mansoor calling some matches. And that's kind of how it happened uh, when Mansoor and I did commentary on 205 one night. Uh, 
I forget uh, Matt Raywalt. I don't know why he wasn't able to to be there. And so they said, well, we'll just have Mansoor do it. So Mansoor and I flew to South Carolina. Mansoor had never, I think uh, to this day, it's the most inexperienced commentary team, I think in WWE history. I had one broadcast under my belt from November. Mansoor had never done one and they threw us on 205 together, right? So (laughs) it was awesome. We had a little bit of practice. And if you go back and watch, I thought that was a damn good broadcast because Mansoor, I'll be honest with you. I think he is such a star. I think his, he's, his potential is so limitless. And I feel like we haven't seen the best yet. You look at what those two did with maximum male models. Look, everything's subjective. I'm not going to say what kind of idea it was, but they took that idea and not only did they make it their own, they made it entertaining. If you go back and watch that mm-hmm. web series as a comedian, I'm watching this web series and I'm popping because it's legitimately funny. It's not wrestling funny. I think 90% of wrestling comedy is awful because it's done by people who aren't <laughs> funny, who try. Yep. They overdo it. Comedy You're is right. subtlety. I, I could go on this all day. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, comedy is subtlety. And, and too much wrestling comedy is not good. Maxwell Male Models was legitimately funny with real punchlines. And you saw what they did. They they did everything they could with it. You know, So there isn't anything Mansoor can't do. I think the sky's the limit. And same thing with Brennan. You look at Brennan, there's no one that looks like him, no one that sounds like him. He's probably got an IQ of 3,000. And, you know, so we were calling matches. And then I guess at that point, someone decided to make a shakeup with the announce team. And one thing led to another. I really don't know the whole story. My guess is whoever was making decisions took a look at Brennan and said, wow, that guy's handsome. And then they heard his voice on commentary just they threw him on 205 for a couple of weeks because they liked what they heard. So he's doing 205. And next thing you know, I'll never forget, I'm in the uh, the commentary booth one day and he walks in. He goes, uh, I'm doing Monday Night Raw next week. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, commentary. I'm like, oh, we got to practice. And so, <laughs> and so we called as many matches as we could leading up to that first Monday Night Raw, where it was what him, Vic, and I think uh, Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Samoa Joe jumped in at at some point too. Which you want to talk about a guy who could do everything? Samoa Joe, you can argue yeah. that was what a run on color commentary. He was amazing. He was. He's good at everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have I mean, a, a super chat actually, real quick. Um, I want to get into. Yes, boy says I remember Johnny and Kathy from AfterBuzz TV. Yeah, we were co-hosts for I'm not sure how many years, uh, weekly. <laughs> so we ended up working together in WWE as well. Yeah, yeah that's uh, interesting because we had talked about, before we came on the show, we talked about names and how WWE wants you to have a gimmick name or, you know, a, a work name when you when you get up there. And Kathy Kelly somehow got around all that. Good for her. It helps her brand, that's for sure. I, I can tell you this, not a lot of, uh, property behind John Quasto these days. Uh, <laughs> you know I mean? it was a cool name. I like it. It, it exists, but, uh, and, you know, some people still know me as that, which is great. But, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's crazy to see, like, I'm very happy for Brennan Monsor. They had a, they had an awesome run. I mean, Brennan was with the company off and on for 10, well, pretty much 10 years. And, you know, that's how it happened. That's how Monsor and I did a show together. And that's how Brennan ended up going from not calling anything to being on Monday Night Raw literally in a matter of maybe six weeks. Because uh, in wrestling, you truly never know what's going to happen. And even yep. in the biggest company in the world, you definitely don't know what's going to happen. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Randy was telling us a, a, a similar story about how she became a announcer. <laughs> she just came in one week and they were like, yeah, you're doing it because we heard you were good at it because you did it a few times. So, yeah, we need you to do this. <laughs> and guess what? She was awesome. You know, yeah. so, yeah, you just you don't know what opportunities are going to come up. I mean, I, I got to start joining the SmackDown live tour. I wasn't expecting it, but they they needed someone to do it. And uh, that's a whole other experience. Once you get into the arenas and you're hosting the live events, I mean, whoo, it is. It's pressure, but man, was it fun. And so you, you just don't know. Like you hang around there long enough, the opportunities come. You just got to make the most of them, you know? Yeah, I imagine doing announcing, at least you're like in this corner of the arena. You're behind this desk and, you know, the people in the arena can't even hear you. But as an announcer, you have to be dead in the middle of the show every yeah. night. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you got to be on point. I remember, Um, I, I think it was... Uh, a show at Staples Center, which is now Crypto.com Arena, uh, late mm. – it was like the holiday tour, 2019. And there was a match between Lucha House Party and now FTR. And I want to say it was Kalisto got injured during the match. Um, Lucha House Party was supposed to go over, and unfortunately Kalisto got injured. And FTR, you know, being as brilliant as they are, they they realized it and did a quick roll-up for a finish. Uh, well, the, they hit the Lucha House Party music. So I was just like, oh, <laughs> I just kept my mouth shut. And I was like, let's just hope they realize this. A couple oh. seconds later, sure enough, the music stopped. The uh, FTR music hit. And I was, then I made the announcement. So like, you have to be on your toes at all times because you don't know what's going to happen. And obviously, we want to make it as much of a sport as possible. So I wasn't about to announce FTR as the winner over Lucha House Party music. And I certainly wasn't going to announce House. So it's like, you just never know. You just got to yeah, make sure you're paying attention. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. Tough one. Yep. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I did remember you on After Buzz. Um, I believe you were on After Buzz with Evan Mack as well. Evan one Mack, of my uh, favorite people on the planet. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no one I'd rather co-host a show with. Him and I, I we, to this day, we still talk about like one of these days, bro. We're going to host something together. We're going to get our own show <laughs> one of these days. It, it, we've got a few opportunities, but they weren't good enough for us to take them. But, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, uh, still could happen. Uh, yeah, I always shout out Evan because uh, him and TK are one of the people that gave me, like, one of my first big breaks. Uh, when mm. I first started writing, they featured one of my articles on their show, and I got, nice. like, a lot of exposure from that. Um, so I've always been appreciative of that him for that. Um, That's awesome. But, you know, you've got a special coming out because um, <laughs> if it's not just enough that you've done commentary, announcing, and a host of other things, you also do voiceover work and you are a stand-up comedian. Uh, tell us about this uh, st this stand-up show. I'm really proud of it. Uh, it's called Saudi Stepdad. It's I know that you look at my face. It's a bit of a weird title. Let me explain. Um <laughs> Because some people have seen the thumbnail and they're like, hey, man, um, what? what are you trying to do here? I'm like, nah, <laughs> relax. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing stand-up for off and on 17 years, and I already have one special out called Physical Therapy because it kind of chronicles my life leading a, leading a double life. One is a physical therapist, one is a comic, and one is someone who works in wrestling. And so I did man, that. And then, yeah, yeah, a lot of hats, a lot of hats. I mean, uh, and then, you know, what's crazy is I wouldn't have met my wife if it wasn't for the pandemic because if wow. the pandemic didn't happen, life would have been, she would have had her life. I would have had my life. We never, I don't think we ever would have, you know, crossed paths. And 
So yeah, it's basically this special is about like the last four years of my life going from, I'm essentially living an adult child with a full-time job in professional wrestling to uh, essentially getting married and having three stepkids who are my kids. And, you know, they're from Saudi Arabia. And so two people from literally completely different worlds, from different parts of the country, you know, coming together and just creating a family together while I still try to balance all my child, like, <laughs> you know, my voiceovers working in wrestling. And now I'm, I'm doing MMA and boxing and all this stuff. So it, it's kind of, you know, she convinced me to do the special. She's like, you need to do a special like this. Your life is too weird to not do a special. Sounds special. like the premise for a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I have a joke on the the special about how it really is a sitcom. I said, you know, Hollywood pretends to be progressive, but they're not. I'm like, there, there's a sitcom. I'm not going to say the name of it <laughs> on TV right now in like season three, where the whole premise is a white family and a black family are next door neighbors. And it's supposed to be funny. I'm like, dude, that's just normal. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. but they're like, oh, no, we're really pushing boundaries. No, you're not. Yeah, like, no, not in 2023, dude. No, no. I mean, good for them who are on the show. I'm glad that I'm glad it's running and I hope it still runs. I want people to work, but at the same time, like you can't pretend that's, you know, um, breaking new ground. You know? mm -hmm. So I have a whole bit about that, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, I'm really proud of it. It's, it's a, I'm just released it straight up on YouTube. It's YouTube has been amazing for comics because gone are the days of begging for comedy central or begging for Netflix. Cause look, Netflix yep. picks and chooses at this mm -hmm. point. And so a lot of comics are like, dude, I'm going to put, you know, my career into my own hands. And that's what I did. DIY paid for every cent of it. I had a great team and I put it out this past Tuesday, really proud of it. It's had a great first couple of days. And yeah, it's really simple. Just look up Johnny LaQuasto, Saudi stepdad, or just um, youtube.com slash Johnny LaQuasto, 43 minutes. It's not a marathon. It's a nice little jog. <laughs> Get you some laughs. I got a joke about wrestling. I got a joke about combat sports. I mean, I always have to, I always have to back up uh, pro wrestling, especially if I have like, any kind of platform where people are going to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, that does make me think, like, at, at some per period, uh, Comedy Central was the, was the move. That was the way to get yeah. on if you were a comedian. And then it just wasn't. It was like, it feels like it was a moment, and then it wasn't. Like, it, it like, mm -hmm. disappeared overnight almost. Well, I can tell you, it's Comedy Central's fault. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. I mean, totally. I mean, Dave basically told us that after he left. They, they, like, they went from being like kind of stand up central and focused into like just whatever TV shows they have and daily show at night. They've, they've transitioned to doing some, some digital stuff and some of their digital does really, really well. But at the same time, it's, I think they're still doing half hour specials, but I remember like 10 years ago, that's what you, every comic's like, I gotta yeah. get my Comedy Central half hour, man. I gotta, gotta get that. Mm -hmm. And you, it would just be this like arms race, like who's gonna get the, you know, now it's like they put them on like Friday night at 1130. It's like, what? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, every network makes their own. I'm sure they're still network. doing some stuff. Money. I, I don't pay attention to what they do, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Comedy Central was, uh, was a, a channel I used to watch. And that was a way that I discovered a lot of comedians. Uh, Same here. And so, well, dude, when, when they ran off Chappelle, that's very telling. Yeah. Once, right. once Dave told us the jig was up, I knew what it was. I was like, well, the jig was up. I'm following Dave. And then, you know, I would watch for Key and Peele, but that was about it. Yeah. And Key and Peele could have had a longer run, too. So there's probably something behind that as well. Probably so. Um, Unfortunate. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about uh, uh, 
you said you were there for about a year and mm-hmm. recently there have been releases and things like that. How did you, after, you know, you know, you leaving there, how did you kind of bounce back from that disappointment? Honestly, is just what it is. I guess, you know, that you said that, that this is your dream. Yeah. That's a good question, man. I, it's funny because, um, every time this happens, I was actually texting with, uh, actually with Matt uh, Menard. And he messaged me. He's like, is, doesn't it feel like PTSD every time this happens? I'm like, yeah. Right. Every time you see this happen, it hits you. Whether you look, whether you are an in-ring worker, whether you're on the broadcast side, whether you're on the production team, anytime you see, anytime you see this happen, it hurts because you, you yeah. go back to that. You're like, man, I remember that day. Mm-hmm. I think for, for me and everyone who got released on that day, this was the first wave and this was the biggest one in company history. Don't forget, April 2020, we were not only at the height of the pandemic, we were in the most clueless part of the pandemic. Yeah. We Nobody, didn't know anything. No. Yeah. So to be honest, like when when that happened, I was where I think a lot of us were shocked. But at the same time, like there was no bounce back at that time. It wasn't like I, I to this day, I still haven't made a, an announcement on social media like, hey, I got released. I'm taking bookings because for me, so many people got released that day. I... I have so much respect for the business that I was like, you know what? A day like this is for the wrestlers. I'm not Mm going to draw any attention to myself. And I remember like a lot of people, they had no idea who I was. Like I remember uh, someone sent me a link that was funny. It was like uh, Dave Meltzer was reading off all the people got released and he mentioned my name and he goes, yeah, I I believe he was uh, still just started training at the PC. I'm like, no clue who I was. (laughs) He, He thought I was like some new wrestling talent that was hired like, I'm like, no, I'm not NIL, bro. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on the broadcasting, but <laughs> yeah, yo. so that was all I, I saw that. And I was like, eh, no, I'm just not going to, you know, and plus you never know if you're going to go back. And right. There were multiple times where I thought it was going to happen. It didn't. And you know, life is life. We move on. So for mm-hmm. me, um, there was obviously no wrestling at that time. There was no way to do stand up. Stand up was shut down. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I just went back to physical therapy. I went back mm-hmm. on the front line and I was working in two hospitals as a PT during the two biggest waves of COVID, the, the summer of 2020 and the spring of 2021. And, um, I met my wife during that time. So it was, it was crazy. I mean, one of the hospitals, I was driving 70 miles each way to do a 10 hour oh shift. God. And it's crazy. It was. And wow. here's the thing. It's like, look, we all had something during that mm-hmm. time. Yes. You know, and I'm n- never going to complain. I'm grateful I got to, to, you know, make money during that time. I'm grateful I got to work with patients. But I remember there were moments though, cause this is in Florida, by the way, Florida, their COVID Ooh. numbers. Yeah. Astronomical. Ooh. I went, yeah. I didn't have, I never got COVID. Then I went to uh, Florida for WrestleMania and got COVID. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the wild Southern West in Florida. And, uh, I remember there, there was one day I want to say I was about to go into my fifth room of the day for someone who had COVID, which as a PT, even that's a lot like, yeah, but there were times where over half the admissions were, were COVID. And I remember I'm fully gowned up. I look like I'm an ET. Like I'm talking, it looks like a full hazmat (laughs) suit masked up, you know? And I remember like, I remember thinking to myself, like, like, dude, seven months ago, I was in like a damn near sold out staple center with a microphone in my hand. And now I am on four hours of sleep, exhausted about to go into a room of a patient who might die. I'm like, life is nuts. Yeah. And so I, I think it, it makes you think back to being grateful that we're not there anymore. And let's hope we never get to that point ever again. 
But yeah, as far as a bounce back, everyone's got their own individual story. I, I didn't bounce back for, I mean, for me, it was just a couple of months of just being at home. I would just drive anywhere I could for a hike. I would, I was driving as long as a hundred miles just to hike in the middle of nowhere for a couple hours a day to keep my sanity because I didn't want to think about what I thought I had lost. And then in actuality, I did lose that, but then I've gained so much since. Yep. And yeah. I'm grateful. I, I got 80% better as a broadcaster in that one year. And I can honestly say now I'm better than I've ever been. I'm like I said, I'm, I'm calling MMA pay-per-views. I'm calling boxing pay-per-views <clears throat> and I'm still working in wrestling. And so, and there's no one with my skill set. I mean, what other commentator on top of everything I've done also has a master's in physical therapy and knows the body. So, mm. you know, mm. and I'm also at the point in my life where it's like, yes, humility is important, but being honest is more important. It is. Any company can toss me on national television this week and they'll be in good hands. And oh. I'm not under contract right now. And that's fine. Will I be in the future? I don't know. But all I know is any company who brings me on is going to be better because of it. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for everything. Even the, the rough, the rough patches for sure. Yeah, um, it is just I, every time I think of pandemic stuff, I just think about like there are entire chunks of people's lives at that period that people have no idea about because because we were all isolated. Um, just wild to think about. What did you guys do? Like what happened? How did your lives change? Um, <laughs> pandemic was wild for me. Um, I believe I started at Bleacher during the pandemic, which is crazy to think about. So mm -hmm. um in some ways, it kind of kickstarted a lot of the internet stuff that I'm kind of known for now. Totally. Um, but in, in like my personal life, I also, you know, I recently lost my grandmother. But at that time, my grandmother was just like in the thralls of dementia and mm. having to care for somebody that had dementia during the pandemic was definitely challenging. And that's wow. not something that I shared with people or I talked about publicly, but it was just it was a challenge for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, my life changed crazy. I was living in San Jose working. I was delivering passports. And then uh, our biggest client was in China. So when COVID hit, they were like, well, that's it. And so I was wow. like, I was working in an office. And then that day when I got let go, I was like, I'm never coming back to an office again. So I started going hard online. Just the same thing as Phil. I started going hard online. I started working with PWI at that point. I love PWI. Mike Johnson yeah. rules. He's the best. Yes, exactly. Started doing the, uh, no, no, PW Pro Wrestling Illustrated, not a, uh, PW Insider. Uh, PW Insider. Oh, my bad. Well, PWI yeah. is cool too. I like that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Shout out to me. If you haven't got your, uh, 500 issue yet, definitely go get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just started going online, tweeting crazy, and eventually, Graphsity happened. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And you guys like you guys carved out something so unique, which has been super cool. And obviously, uh, I don't know Will personally. I've never even met him, but I, I know he's cousins with Swerve, who I'm very close with. So like yep. just to see um, that opportunity that that he now has. I mean, that's incredible. So that's insane. Yeah. Um, Shout out to is. Double W. That's right. Yep. He'll, uh, he'll be in Seattle, right? <laughs> definitely. There you go. <laughs> he'll definitely be there. Uh, I'm sure um, after you left NXT, it is a little bit funny that you were not commenting, commentating there um, when it essentially became the In Living Color opening sequence. Like, it had yeah. the same, like, color palette Man, and everything. The they cut the lights on. I forgot about that. Like, my brain was like, get that out of here. We don't want to talk <laughs> about that. They still got anymore. the color palettes on the belt. Like, it still has, like, the multicolored belts. Ooh. Look, In Living Color is beyond my favorite show of all, <clears throat> of all time. I can't even tell you what that show has done for me personally. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to compare it with the opening of 2.0. Right, just... <laughs> Can't disrespect and live in color like Look, that. unless Heavy D's lyrics are on it, I don't want to compare. All right? Let's just look at it this way. Because Heavy D weird... made two amazing themes. He made the first one and yeah. the second one. They're both classic. Yeah. Classic. Um, you know, Shout out to Heavy D. Rest in peace. No, yes. no shade to, to, to Wale. You know, Down South Slang. Oh, no. It's a cool South song. Cool song. Too, yeah. But, cool song. Uh, but, yeah, it, it – uh, it is funny because I did notice you were a Living Color fan, and so Ooh. I was like, "Dang, they got him out the building!" And then they they right before ran that. with the uh, "In Living Color" theme all over the place, man. <laughs> you can do crazy. what you want to do in Living man. Color. There's an NXT show tonight, huh? Isn't that kind of crazy? Wrapping it all back around in my hometown, Hello in weird. Bakersfield. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it what is a funny. Uh, yeah, it is, it is funny though, like on the Wale thing. Uh, the amount of hip hop stuff this week, like uh, historic news. Apparently, they just made an arrest in the murder of Tupac. Twenty-seven years later, <laughs> go figure. Um, I, I, yeah. I assumed, I had thought, whoever killed him was dead. Am I in the same? Um, well, no, because this guy has been running around. Um, Leaving every hit in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> publicly, for, publicly letting you know that he had something to do with it. Um, so in, in case you've been living under a rock, um, wow. uh, <clears throat> Keith D is the guy that was arrested. And if that name sounds familiar, he's been a part of documentaries. He did an interview mm-hmm. with Vlad and Vlad is basically yeah. the feds. So he was yeah. over there. He was over there giving it up and like talking. About, I think they used the Vlad interview for the thing. Yeah. They had to because if you go back and look at the Vlad interview, he says some things in that interview like it kind of sounds like either you were involved or you did this. And so um, he uh, uh, yeah. So what I think what happened, Johnny, I think the guy that did it is dead, but okay. he he like orchestrated the whole thing. Is yes. where we're landing at. And is the, why is my question? I mean, was there? <laughs> well, what? apparently, this is where it might get mixed up. Because apparently Puff Daddy has some, he's somewhere in the in this thing to be like, because he keeps saying that like Diddy said put a hit out on Tupac and he, and then he's saying after that when they would come back to L.A. he would protect them. But how did you protect them? Because Big is dead. I don't really know. This story is very complicated. It's, I don't know how we're still here. Twenty seven years later. I and I'm look. I am not trying to criticize anyone who wants to thank God, but if you look when Diddy got his um lifetime achievement thing at the what recent award show was it? I forget. It was the Hip Hop Awards, the maybe. T Awards, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. he mentioned God so many times. I'm sorry. When you, I don't know, yeah, maybe no, he's, he's trying to make up for last lost deeds or past yeah. deeds. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like he feels like he played a role in Big's death too. So there's. Uh, skeletons in his closet all oh, in there so boy so this, this was uh, not sug related at all then n- no um no yeah so they yeah. try to get him too pretty much is what the story is so yes. so what this guy is saying this keith d guy he's essentially just saying he was a hired hitman out of the blue is that kind of, kind of what is he's trying to say well he i think he's a gang member so there's some gang right. ties there's so there's a lot <laughs> it's deep yeah, so so <laughs> of course the 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 long story goes that Pac was in vegas um got into a fight with some guys that were gang related and mm-hmm. they, these were guys that you weren't supposed to touch at that time. They ran back and told their people and those people came back and killed them. Um, mm-hmm. And Keith, 
Keith D was among these people, apparently. Um, he was arrested on Friday. Um, just the fact that he's just now getting arrested in 2023 <laughs> is insane to me. Um, well, they keep putting these documentaries out, Phil. They won't stop. Every time I turn my TV on, they're like, new Tupac documentary. I'm like, wow. how much more can we know? But look, I guess it worked. Yeah. I, unbelievable. Um, I mean, I how old is this guy got to be in his 50s by now, right? He's an old man. I think yeah. he's 50. Um, but, okay. yeah, when I saw it Friday, I was like, what? And so, of course, you've got all the other news about around it. Uh, Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith has commented on it. Let people I expect bet. it because she yep. uh, mm-hmm. was good friends with Tupac. Um, oh. And, of course, people have roped that into their usual Will and Jada stuff. <laughs> um, but this has just been a, a weird... Uh, 24 hour, 48 hours news cycle of this of like, this is really a thing that we're going back to Tupac's murder <laughs> in, in 2023. Like I said, 27 years after he was murdered. Um, insane pretty that it weird. took this long to make an arrest. Um, and you wow. said he pretty much admitted to it. I mean, well, he he wrote apparently he wrote a book and he said it in the book that he was a part of it. So I mean, oh. that's evidence. I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, he's been kind of trying to tell us for a minute. Like he's he been telling us, yeah. <laughs> it's also, like you can, like Phil said, there's documentaries of him yeah. being like, "Yeah, I was there." Blah blah blah. This blah blah. Like, yeah. why are they interviewing this guy? And then it's like, oh, now it makes sense. Yeah. He was really yeah. there. Well, what's the next step? He starts the "I Killed Tupac" podcast. I mean, yeah. straight up, "I Killed yeah. Tupac" book, like OJ. Or if oh I was goodness. there, what was OJ's book called? <laughs> if I had did it, <laughs> if I did it, or something like that. <laughs> I which, think you could do that. Which I guess to lighten the mood, because this is a crazy topic. Uh, people have been sharing the Tupac uh, uh, skit from *In Living Color* since this happened with mm-hmm. him and Jamie Fox, <laughs> Jamie and Tommy Davidson. Yeah, they they played yeah. a couple of hapless security guards who never yes. who never allowed anyone in, and then the real celebrity would show up, and they like, they just didn't believe it. That was from the final <laughs> season when yes, the show was kind of falling off the rails. I still enjoyed it, but yeah, that was the final yeah. season where they were. I, I read the Living Color book at this point in the season, uh, in the year, this is about 1993, 94. They were desperate for ratings. And so they were bringing in celebrities throughout the season. They brought in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I remember that. Right. They brought in Patrick Ewing. And anyone who said yes, that was a celebrity, they they kind of brought in. But I thought that Tupac sketch was great. Yeah, very funny one. Um, if you have not seen it, it's all over Twitter at the moment. Um, because, of course, people remember these things because Twitter remembers everything. Yeah, they um, do. But... And yeah. we got another uh, super chat for Johnny uh, from Yes Boy also. Johnny, did you ever have to improvise live or on tape? Yeah, I, I guess the question is regarding wrestling perhaps? Um, uh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. There, Yes, uh, there was actually shortly before – I mean it happens all the time on a live broadcast um, where you have to – where like they're not ready for like the next segment or there's something that's not going right with the production – where you're on camera and you just have to keep on talking. Uh, that's happened to me a number of times over the years. What are uh, you talking about? <laughs> you're just hoping that you remember what's on the card and you're kind of putting over the matches. You're kind of like you're giving it, you're, you're just giving an extended preview of what's to come. I remember oh, that gotcha. happened. Um, actually, like a month before I got hired, I called a show in Toronto at Battle Arts Academy, which Santino Morella owns. Mm-hmm. It was a collaboration pay-per-view. Oh, man. Between... Blackcraft Wrestling, which no longer exists, and oh, they had that WrestleMania show that one time, and it was crazy. I forgot about. I was supposed to do that show. 
Oh, like you I were going to be a part of that show too. I was the play-by-play guy, and oh my god, no joke! I got hired. My contract came in the mail the day I was leaving to go to WrestleMania weekend, and I flew in red eye with the contract in my bag. And I remember talking to um, <laughs> wow, I remember talking to a, I'm just going to say a veteran in the business who knows a lot of things. When I got there, because this person was involved in in that show in the Blackcraft WrestleMania show. And I, I pulled this person off to the side and I said, Hey, um, I kind of have an opportunity coming up and I'm a little worried about, cause I, I just saw the card and I was like, crucifixion, throat slashing. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh. And this person <laughs> looked at me and said, honey, you can't do this show. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> so abort, abort mission. <laughs> Luckily, they were cool about, I didn't tell them why I said, look guys, as a physical therapist, it's hard for me mm-hmm. to call this kind of, yeah, whatever. And they, they were very cool. I love working with those guys. They were great, but they, I backed away and I remember I did go there that night and not only did it start way late and look, the rest is history. Someone did like a 45 minute documentary on it. Like, but yeah, I was supposed to, but anyways, but they had a couple of great shows before that. So I was calling a show, uh, Scott Demore and I actually were doing commentary together and there was oh, wow. something going on with the broadcaster where him and I, I'm not kidding, had to talk on camera for five minutes straight. Wow. <laughs> We're just going back wow. and forth. So yeah, you just got to be ready for anything in wrestling. You don't know. That, that is wild. I can, I I can hear Scott DeMar talking <clears throat> for, five, for five straight minutes though. Yep. We had fun. I don't know what, what it was about now, but it was, uh, I, I wish I could remember. It, it's a popular Toronto promotion. I just can't remember the name, but, um, but yeah, so that did have to happen. And then, uh, that was my last show of Blackcraft because, like I said, I was supposed to call the WrestleMania one. Um, but, you know, good decision. Luckily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't like somebody... saying no to anything, but sometimes you, sometimes you might. <laughs> sometimes you, know. you got to say no, man. Sometimes you got to value that no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. Do we have any other super chats for uh, Johnny before we move on? Uh, uh yeah, uh, Orion Ben six 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 says, uh, thank you Johnny for shedding light on that Brennan raw announcing <clears> thing. <throat> I wondered about that for years. Props to all the announcers who endured it. It was a weird, uh, yeah, weird switch, weird time for everything. And um, but look at the same time, it it got Brennan exposure, and then from yeah. then, you know, retribution and look, yeah. he he endured, <laughs> and if. Break like up. I said, I can't I can't speak highly enough about them as people, but also Brandon Monsoor's talent. Whatever they do next, it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, um, I just remembered this morning that my friend and co-host of this podcast um, was like, "Hey Phil, did you see this thing we should do on a podcast?" And I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, that is a hard question." <clears throat> and I still have not like formulated it, so I'm going to formulate it on air with you. Um, but uh, somebody did one of those uh, pick three of these, and the other people other people have to go things, and it was with rappers. And three of these rappers, I was like, all right. You're see, two, see, two of them is 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 uh, an issue because they're both from Chicago. So I'm like, he can't pick two Chicago's. Mm. Yeah. So um, I'm going to flash <clears> it on screen right quick. Uh, sorry, audio listeners, but for audio listeners. Uh, six six rappers here. It's Most Def, Yasin B, uh, Common, Talib Kweli, Black Dot, uh, Royce the Five Nine, and Lupe Fiasco. Um, now for me, Ooh. 
one pick is gonna be Lupe because if anybody <laughs> knows me, I'm a huge Lupe fan. I'm not. Yes. I'm not gonna. I knew that one Lupe. was that one was like automatic. Like Phil's gonna pick Lupe right off the bat. But I thought you might also pick Common because again, like so, I said, Chicago. So, so here's the thing. Um, uh, one day it all makes sense. Actually, came out today in 1997. Mm. Incredible wow. album. Invocation is incredible. Um, retrospective of life. I think it's one of his best albums. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he quietly has an incredible discography that people do not give enough credit. See, uh, this is my thing. Like I could, I think B might be the best album out of all of these people right here. It well, it does see that's the thing, man. Like if you look at his discography, his discography beats out a lot of those guys. Um, and I, that might be an unpopular opinion, but I think that it does. I mean, it does. do we count um, Black Star because it's a group album? Do we count like certain other stuff? Um, Black Star is amazing. Black Star is crazy though. I think you would have to include that. Like, everything I... needs to be included in the in this. <clears throat> so so <clears throat> off off just me looking at this in the moment, I'm gonna say Lupe. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna are say you, are you keep, this is one you remove or the people you keep? No, this keep. is you keep, you keep in three. Oh. Keeping three. So mm. I'm going to say Lupe. I'm going to say Most Def. Because um, are you kidding me? Umi says, like, just this man's career, just mm-hmm. everything. Black on both sides. Before. I think Black on both sides is my Black on both two. sides. Um, Universal Magnetic. Just, mm-hmm. nah, you can't. So I think it's I think it's Lupe. I think it's Most Def. And I'm going to say it's tough to pick between Black Thought and Comet because Black I mean, I'm Thought a, I'm a like, Philly guy, so you know where I'm going. I'm going to like the, the thing is no one on this list can outrhyme Black Thought. Not one this, of these people. This is, this is the point I was coming with that even though I think Comet's discography is better, Comet cannot outwrap this man. No. Uh, no. I, but the other part with Comet is Comet – represents the culture in every single way he possible. This he has man, like an Oscar and shit. He has, he has an Oscar. Poster. This guy culture. will this guy will <clears throat> jump out there and break dance today. He will. <laughs> He's still breakdancing. Yeah, today. No. <laughs> um I'm gonna say comment. I'm gonna say Lupe comment most deaf. That is my thing. Black thought disrespect. I can't believe I'm sorry, this. but Black Thought the, has to be automatic for me because he's 50 and he's yep. rapping better than everybody on this list and everybody else's list. It's like, how could you put anybody over Black Thought? But I think if we're including everything, <clears throat> albums, <clears throat> culture, but uh, that's that's kind of exactly describing Black Thought. This guy's on The Tonight oh, yeah. Show. Could yep, any of these yes. guys, other <clears throat> guys have done The Tonight Show? Maybe no. Common? Common could have possibly done it, but I don't possibly. know if anybody else could be every night doing what he does I mean, on the yeah. show as Person- well as Person- being a part of the roots you know personally i think most is one of those guys if we were looking at any rapper that could host a tonight show i think most could do it yeah. and i think he'd yeah. be very good at it okay oh, yeah yeah okay i i got a chance to see the roots really before they blew up um because i went to college in philly and uh oh. i remember it was my freshman year Keep in mind, my school was tiny, 2,500 kids, most of which were commuters. It's Philadelphia. People just driving in from home. Mm-hmm. So, but you know how colleges are. They have to have entertainment. You know, like I, I've gone into do stand up at colleges, and I'm not kidding. I've done shows in front of eight people. Like, mm-hmm. colleges have to book entertainment, right? They have a budget. Yeah. So I remember I, I saw a flyer 
the roots are coming. Like, oh my God. I love the roots. I, I was listening to Illadelph half-life like crazy. It was such a great album. Mm-hmm. And I was excited. So ready for this concert. It was on a Friday night. You know, most people, they go home for the weekend. I kid you not. They played in our gymnasium, like in our basketball court, probably in front of maybe a hundred people, mm-hmm. maybe 150 tops. And afterwards they were so cool. Like I remember I talked to Questlove for like 15 minutes afterwards and he's like, uh, we're just talking. He's like, hey, you want to see our new album? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And he's he's holding a like a CD case. And he opened So I, I think it was – I'm assuming it was going to be Things Fall Apart because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know at the time, but that's what it became. He opens it, and it was Jay-Z, the blueprint. He goes, oh, man, I put this in there instead. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But it was such a fun experience, and obviously that they That sounds were like amazing. Questlove. Yeah, they are wow. incredible, and I'm, I was grateful I got to be front row for uh, that very tiny concert. One day on, my, on the pod, I'll tell my full The Roots stories. Every time I've been to a The Roots show, something bad has happened. So, uh, <laughs> Let's not get into it. One, nope. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, I, uh, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, on, on this on this topic of being the shows, like, I was there when when Black Star first started touring again and they were teasing us with the album at first. They were coming out with the Lucy's and I'm like, all right, drop the, drop this, drop this album. So they did this small show at, uh, uh, House of Blues, I think it was. And I remember that day I bought Common's book and I went to like a, a, a book signing. So he signed my mm-hmm. copy of the book. And so I knew he was in the city. Yeah. And, uh, like they were like going through all the songs and they like started resurrection and they came and put a mic out on the stool next to it. And I was like, get the like, fuck uh, out of you here. know what time it is. Get out of here. <laughs> Comic comes out and does it first, of course, on, on resurrection and yeah. the entire place just like explodes. I was just um, listening to that song yesterday. Still hits just as hard as it did in 1998. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I picked my three. So, you know. I'm, like I'm I said, <laughs> I don't think you, I can't put anybody over Black Dot. It's just impossible for, possible for me to do it. Even after all those disastrous roots, uh, trips I've had, still got to put them up there <laughs> just because no one out there, I think, can outrhyme him. Um, it's between Loop and Common mm. for the Chicago representation. When Kick Push came out, like we talked about it on this podcast, like lives change. Phil's yeah. life changed. My life changed. Like we, I was in Chicago. I was in California and my life was totally different it, it just because been, of what this guy did with this song. It would have been impossible for me to not pick Lupe. He's attached to too many personal life experiences. I, no, I, I could yeah. not pick Lupe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like I said, B, man, B, when B came out and like we had known about Common and Common was already a known, he was already a legend by this point. But yeah. Kanye was so hot and they got together and they made a classic record where legit, no skips. Every song hit hard records. as hell. Yeah, two classic records back to back. But B is just like, I don't know, like I base my raps off mm-hmm. like when I make mm-hmm. an album, like I don't make an album like B that's condensed, that's this much of I so much of it is based off of B. So I'm gonna have to pick Lupe though, just because I think the uh food and liquor and the cool back to back I don't that shit was crazy. Like that was just just a wild time. And then I gotta pick Royce, honestly, because of what the the back end of this career, it's funny because I was thinking like, when did I start enjoying Russ? And I've been listening to him on a lot of podcasts and I've traced it back to when he stopped drinking. Like 
he was at, yeah. he tells he says he was an alcoholic and he's like then i got crazy like stuff happened then i stopped drinking and i'm like ever since then like the raps have been crazy his, like his mind's been yeah. more clear so his his last three albums have been ridiculous exactly because he's not an alcoholic anymore it's crazy so royce loop and black dog are my uh my choices mm-hmm. all right black thought most f common boom yeah there you go there you go but I'm also um, I, very I'm I'm old school, a little older than you guys. So that's just kind yeah. of my generation, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I somehow managed to be the guy to pick two Chicago guys. Go figure. I knew you were gonna do it. Like I knew as soon as I sent it to you, I'm like, this fool's just gonna pick two Chicago's. I know what he's gonna do. But I mean, common is common. I just think he means too much to the culture. They represent yes. two different generations of Chicago too. So I I understand. Yes. yes. Um. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> but I don't think we have any other super chats for Johnny. I just want to check to make sure we don't have any humper chats where somebody asked him a question and we're sitting here afterwards like, oh, dang, God, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's gone. Uh, okay, I got one. Here's from uh, Bizarro Big L. He says, appreciate what Johnny said about life. People are people. Wrestling and comedy is about enjoying the things we love. Uh, who's your fave? Um, who's your faves that are are doesn't depend on skin color it's based on their heart i'm guessing um, he's thinking uh talking about stand-ups yeah uh feeling oh you got, so that's about wrestling wait so <laughs> I, yeah i was confused at first but yeah they, they just finishes off with feeling red you guys make good conversation <clears throat> and binding easy appreciate you yeah so they're asking favorite comics yeah oh man that's so hard i hate that question because there's hard. A lot of great ones. Um, I mean, for me, I think to me, the best comic is, is Bill Burr because Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at how no other comic has put out so many specials that are all good in the last Mm -hmm. 15 years. I remember why do I do this is still might be my favorite special ever. I think that came out in like 2007 and he's been consistently putting out a new special like every two years and he has no writers. A lot of comics, when they reach a certain level of fame, <clears throat> they have writers or they have a team helping them, which mm-hmm. more power to them. I Burr, as far as I know, he does not. He is, it's all coming from his, his brain. So to me, Burr is, and plus I like Burr because he's unfiltered. He's not trying to cater to anybody. He speaks his mind kind of like Chappelle does. I mean, Chappelle will mm-hmm. say what he wants to say. Is some of it too much for people sometimes? Yes. And yeah. if people are going to be upset, that's their prerogative because I can't, I can only speak from my perspective, not someone else's. So, I mean, you look at just the the all-time greats. I think, obviously, Burr and Chappelle are definitely there. But then there's other comics that are just masters of crowd work, like Ian Bag. You're not going to find a better comic who can literally wind an entire hour around just talking to people and making it hilarious, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. um, there, there's so many great ones out there. I just – I don't – I try not to watch it. It sounds crazy. I try not to watch a ton of stand-up because yeah, I want sense. my perspectives to be fresh. Whereas I watch tons yep. of wrestling. I mean because I, I want to learn about as much as I can. But with stand-up, I eh, I can only have my perspective. And I don't want to be um, kind of thrown off by other things or you know that way. But I'd say that, those guys. That sounds like me with podcasting. People are like, do you listen to this podcast? Yeah. Like, I don't listen to nobody's podcast but mom because I don't want nobody to be like, you stole – no, I did not. I never Not just it. that. It's Dude, life is busy. How are you going to watch – like to this also, day, like I stay on top of wrestling, but I don't have time to watch everything. Like I got to pick and choose what I want to see. Like last night, I, I saw the end because, you know, I've known LA Knight for 13 years. And finally, he's getting the opportunity on a massive scale that he's earned for so many years. So I watched that segment. I'm like, oh, my God. They're 
okay, rocket ship, here we go. But yeah. happy to see it. He deserves it. You yeah. know, stuff like that. So I, I kind of watch what I have to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, stand-up favorite. <clears throat> I mean, for me, in terms of not just how big he was as a stand-up, but everything he managed to do from Saturday Night Live to being a leading man in movies <clears throat> and just being like one of the most highest paid actors in the world. Uh, Eddie. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. Just, you have to say Eddie Murphy. Um, I think you got to throw Chris Rock up there too. Oh yeah. Chris Rock had a run as a standup. Um, good guys. My favorite uh, standup right now is Mike <clears throat> Epps. I think Mike Epps, Mike Epps has like four specials that are like the fun, like I laugh every single time. And I think the way that he controls the crowd and the way that he does it is just like, it's, like, it's just like your funny uncle Chappelle. A lot of, Comics these days are taking his stance of doing stand-up specials, which is like, anytime there's more claps than laughs, I'm like, yo, I'm trying to laugh. I'm not trying to like be yeah, educated but... out here. It gets frustrating. I'm like, all right, you're, you're spitting lessons, but I didn't come here for that. I came here to laugh. But, but still, yeah. I, I still think Dave is one of the best stand-ups of all time. Like in, yeah, in totally. terms of, in terms of what he's managed <clears> to do <throat> with stand-ups, not just like, like killing me softly, and the fact that we still to this day do the look at him. He loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah. Um, I like said the, that legit like two days ago. Like yes. Um, and the fact that he's managed to do stand ups in this era where he's not just making people laugh, he's actually like being informative and like introspective in a lot of ways. Yeah. See, I um, don't like that. <laughs> I don't want I, that for my stand up. <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to laugh. I think part of it is though, when Chappelle recently signed that deal. He had to put out so many specials in a short amount yeah, of time. Right. And dude, as a comic, you it's need hard. time to cultivate and get up and perform. And mm-hmm. to me, I think that's why the last couple of his specials seemed a lot more um off the cuff and mm-hmm. what's the word I'm looking for? Less um hmm. Less specially, if that makes sense. That's yeah. not a good word. <laughs> no, but it's because I, I, I get what you're saying. He's he's one person, and that's the thing. It's like mm-hmm. I, I feel like when you have to put that many specials out, and also it all depends though. If you look at a lot of comics, when they reach a certain level of fame, their specials aren't as good because at that some. True. What are you going to talk about? You're rich beyond belief. You have everything mm-hmm. you ever needed. Where's the struggle anymore? So a lot of comics kind of have that, or they get too busy to where they don't have enough time to do shows anymore and really cultivate and work out that material. So I feel like that's kind of what your point is, Reg. About and it's yeah. a right point about. Mm-hmm. Chappelle, I just think it was it was too much in a short amount of time. And and but speaking to Eddie and Chris, the barbecue, one of the funniest things I ever remember from being a kid, the barbecue bit from mm-hmm. the comedian album and Roll with the New actually inspired me a lot. Like my comedy album that I put out back in 2017 was really kind of Roll with the New inspired to where it had mm-hmm. just sketches all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. mixed in with stand-up i love those are my favorite kind of albums i love weird yeah. shit and roll with the new was weird it was awesome yeah um but yeah I, and i i understand your point reg but like that uh that stand-up he put out where he did it like out in that foot field like right by his house like he put out that surprise special where mm-hmm. and he put it right on um youtube and he was talking like right after um one George of Floyd. Protect- yeah right after the yeah. George mm-hmm. Floyd thing and he like drove the entire mm. point home. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen any comedian do. It yeah. was just it, hurt. it was a fantastic <laughs> example of like storytelling and like everything he did with it was just so masterful. I'm like he's just he's one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how y'all do it, Johnny. I guess that's how we end it. <laughs> Stand up is crazy. Sometimes I, sometimes I can't do it. I mean, every, every night is, uh, I have a show tonight. I have no idea how it's going to go. I'm, I'm not even half prepared. So it's one of those things where, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was the only Humper chat we got for you. Yeah. Um, so we can get into some wrestling talk. We got into a bit of wrestling talk. If people were not here for comedy and rap talking, they're just <clears> like, what are these guys doing? Uh, rambling on. Um, we got some pretty colossal news this week. Um, which what happened? I, I don't think it was hard to predict um, after she left AEW, but um, Jay Cargill signed with WWE. Um we got a huge media blitz this week, which mm. was incredible to see, not just for uh, not just for somebody coming from AEW, because you would kind of expect them to roll out the red carpet at this point. Um, but ju- to just see someone like Jay get that moment, to see a black woman in that space and see her coveted as like this hot free agent, um, it was wild. Like she got the ESPN announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she got the <clears throat> interview with ESPN with Mark. Um, and then she also got uh, the Ringer interview with uh, Cass, who was on with us when we talked about Jade. And then a week later, I seen that interview pop up. He's like, I, was, I can't talk about this. I can't talk about I, this. I wonder I, why. I seen it, and I was like, this guy's good. This guy, <laughs> this guy's good. Worked at the Ringer for a reason. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was very uh, this was very telling for a lot of reasons. It it shows a um, the how well AEW had built Jade up into a star, so that she would have that kind of value going into WWE, and it showed how much they like are invested in her to give her a multi-year deal yeah. and to um make such a big deal about signing her um to give her this much press that day. Um, really I mean, cool at first, see. as far as multi-year deal, don't get it twisted. Nothing's more than ninety days with that company, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um without question. I mean, you look at her, you could you Marvel or DC can create their own superhero and center it around her. I mean, there's yeah. I you look at her and you, you could marvel like how could a human being be that flawless? You know what I mean? Like, on top of the fact personality, charisma, you know, she's yeah, that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer for her, it's a no-brainer for them. And like you guys said, you know, the last couple of years continue to build her name up and there isn't anything she can't do. So it's going to be pretty exciting to see. <clears throat> Did you uh, spend any time at like the PC kind of seeing what the, the wrestler's going through, like what she's going to be kind of enduring over there? I was there every day. I mean, that was my headquarters. So, I mean, I would be usually be in there uh, Monday through Friday, depending on if we had live events. Even if we had live events, I'd go in. Mm-hmm. Um, TV days, usually the PC would be empty because everyone was, you know, more or less required to be over at the, um, full sale. Yeah. But yeah, I usually, I'd be in there by like 9am every day and I'd stay till at least five or six. Even if I had nothing technically to do, I'd walk around to see if there's anything I could do. So I would sit in on skull sessions, ring session, just kind of like, um, you know, promo class, mm-hmm. anything I can do just to get more information, I would be there. So yeah, you would, I'd see a lot of what was going on. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, the way they, the way they handled this as well, just the fact that they're, it's seemingly letting her keep her real name. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that 
with kind of a no-brainer. It made no sense to me to bring her in and make her change her name. She right. built this cachet based off of her name in AEW. It would make no sense to bring her over and change it to, like, uh, Jada Parker or whatever that name was. People <laughs> thought they were trademarking for her. Um, she also talked in the interview with The Ringer about how hands-on she was with her music. Um so I'm interested to see how much of her presentation and her interest is similar. Because um, we saw what they did with Cody and how Cody basically took everything that worked from him over there and just plopped <clears> it into <throat> WWE's presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see how much of her presentation from AEW um, transitions over. Right. Her getting that drop on SmackDown I thought was super interesting and yeah. tells the story of like – what's going to be happening happening moving forward because like phil said we all expected this like i knew as soon as they were like well her contract's up with AEW." i'm like if they let her contract uh you know get to this point she's out of there and so for her to be announced and have all this fanfare online but even bigger than that on your big flagship show Mm -hmm. now for you to say we got the superstar coming in i think is a really good sign for her Oh, it's huge. That's that, that's a big deal. When you put it on Fox as opposed to USA, right? Yeah. You're talking double your audience in a lot yeah. of ways. So, I think um, the sky is the limit, and we'll see. At the same time, you know, there's no need to rush her to television. Also, it's like mm-hmm. figure out what you want to do first, and that's and that's what I think they're that's what I think they're gonna do. They see someone that could be, you know, a cornerstone uh, for women in their company, and you look at. You look at the talent of the women's roster already. I mean, you you could argue Rhea Ripley is the best female wrestler on the planet. Well, guess what? You could also argue Charlotte Flair is the best mm-hmm. female on the planet. You could also argue Bianca Belair is the best mm-hmm. female. I mean, good God. And then you you also have people like Raquel Gonzalez, who I, I think the world of as a person, and she's so talented. I think the moment when they decide to let her be a heel, look out because she was a heel before she ever got to TV at NXT and she was fantastic at it. So mm-hmm. the the talent up and down is unbelievable. Now you add Jade to that mix. Oh boy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It still seems to me the way they're positioning it, the way that they showed that on SmackDown still seems to me that she's coming straight to the main roster. Um, but you could also look at the fact that they've also positioned everything she's doing around the performance center. Mm-hmm. Um, when she did those interviews, she was in the performance center. The, yep. the, uh, the promo steals that they showed were her in a ring at the performance center. Um, so that does, you know, kind of beg the question, is she going to show up at NXT? Maybe she shows up tonight at no mercy. I don't know. Uh, but I think the fact that, you know, they've got us questioning in the end, uh, we're going to be watching all three shows to see where she shows up is a good thing. Um, I don't think it would be a terrible idea for her to come up, show up on NXT. Um, she could do the little sit in the crowd gimmick where they, oh, Jade Cargill's here. Yeah, I don't think it would be a terrible idea. I, I just kind of think at this point she's big enough to be on the main roster right away. Um, I don't think it would also be a bad idea to put her in the title match with Becky because even mm-hmm. if you use her on both shows and um, you use her as, as champion for a few months, let's say, and then bring her back to the main roster – that benefits NXT because you get that you get that that uh boost in ratings for people that are interested in what she's gonna do, and she gets the reps down there, and she gets to do the PC stuff for a little while. True. So, I think both of those things could work, and I think she also lives in Florida, correct? Wow, that I don't know. <laughs> I believe she lives in Florida, and I think that's what makes like the 
proximity to the PC uh, a benefit as well. Yeah. This is a good move for Jade. She's going to, um, I think she's always had like that WWE superstar presence. Like, no yeah. matter throughout the whole AEW time, like, I know what it was, but like, she's been a WWE superstar off rip. So this is really where she should be. Mm-hmm. And credit to AEW for obviously signing her and, you know, giving her that platform for whatever 70, I don't know how, 70 matches, whatever the number of matches she won in a row. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that was on television. It was an impressive streak. I would have liked to see her more on their flagship show, yeah. but at the same time, it got her to this point. So yeah, she got to 60 and 0. Um, only took there two losses with the company. Um, and so, you know, I do think that they, are in a lot of ways responsible for making her to start and building her into this presence that she has now. And I definitely don't think that she would have got the carpet rolled out for the way that she is now if it wasn't for what AEW did for her. I do think that there was more that they could have done with her in terms of storylines and major feuds, um, some of the opponents they could have put her up against. But, you know, hindsight Mm. is what it is. You know what I mean? Exactly. um, but I also think like she's going to do really well there. I think that this is going to work for her. Um, I understand people that have trepidations <laughs> as well. Um, but this we'll see. WWE. We'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I think that there are of course, big matchups. Everybody's saying Bianca. I do think that Becky feud can happen sooner than we think that of course the Charlotte match, you've got Oscar, you've got possibly Kyrie coming back. You've got a lot of opponents. Don't forget about Bailey. You've got Bailey, yeah. You've got you've got so many women she could wrestle there. Rhea Ripley, um, so yeah, I'm very curious to see like what is her first match, what is her first feud. I do think they're gonna do the bit. I do think they're gonna give her the Natty match straight away because everybody that comes in gets the Natty match to show that you can work. And Natty's such so good at at pulling great performances out of people. So I do think that match is gonna happen. Same. Yeah, I'm excited to see her uh kind of see how they present her cuz I think that that's the presentation there, you know, world class in doing that and uh see how they kind of take what she learned over there and form it into what they do over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um what did you did you watch any of these interviews, Rich? Did you think um cuz I straight well, away There was a lot of interesting stuff in there, I'll say that. There was a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff in there. Um when I first thought, saw it, I was like, "Boy, they definitely WWE this thing, and this is why WWE is so good at this thing. Mm-hmm. They got her in a room, and they media trained her up. They told her yep. the right things to say, right mm-hmm. things to avoid, and you could see it straight away in the way she answered the questions. Um, anytime anybody asked her, okay, um, how long are you going to be at the PC? Where are you going after this? She would she would pivot right out of that question right away. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to spoil anything. Um she also knew all of the naming conventions. I knew what was up as soon as she was like, yeah, I trained with uh, Brian Daniel. You in the WWE name? Yeah. I was like, nah, they, they definitely, they did their job of media training her she's good. and preparing her for this And she's interview. good. I think that's also what that's came also on top of it is they were like, they probably started and they were like, oh, damn, you already know all of this. Like, you're good. Yeah. Like, send you right immediately out there to start talking. Yeah, that was also my takeaway, that she is definitely about her business. She's about yeah. her money. Um, when I was mm-hmm. watching, I was like, she's very, very good at this. And mm-hmm. I think that's also why she works so well at AEW, doing the mainstream press stuff. And now, you know, if she gets more of that with WWE, she's going to knock those out of the park. She's out of here. She's going to be in movies. She might not even be in WWE for long because somebody else going to snatch her up like Hollywood. And I also think part of that attitude uh, is – 
once you become a parent, and then, like I said, for me, I don't have biological kids, but now I have three that I'm taking care of with my wife. Once you become a parent, you not only become even more laser focused than you ever thought you can be, there's less room in your life for bullshit. Like you right. just don't have it. Like you don't have the bandwidth for it. If there's people in your life that are just not worth talking to, guess what? Not going to talk to them anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to be about your business because you have to balance everything out. And so you look at Jade, She's I know she's a mother. So she knows what she's worth. And I don't think she is going to put up with any bullshit. She's going to know what she wants and she's going to go after what she wants. So, And I've seen that with my other friends too, like, once you become a parent, your whole mindset changes to where like, no, nah, no, nah, yeah. what are we doing here? And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I've become too, you know? So I, I could see, yeah, she's going to be, uh, whew, she's going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I very much appreciate all the attention they've given her, the fact that they're making this a big deal. I thought the, I thought the interview with the ringer was very good. I thought she said, I thought she was very cautious with some things she answered about AEW. Um, I thought some things. But then those those answers were pretty telling, though. Also, some of them were very telling. The part Mm -hmm. where she talked about leadership and Mm -hmm. the fact that she knew everybody's name in WWE's leadership. But that's also, I think they prepared her for the interview a little bit. But uh, what she said about leadership was interesting. Um, She didn't like delve deep into it, Um, but the fact that she said that was part of her decision making, um, Mm. I, I don't think anybody would have been is surprised by the Cody. Um, answer and how much Cody influenced her. Um, the answer where, uh, oh yeah, Will Chisholm says something about that in the super chat. Jade saying Cody was the reason why WWE got her and saying how good WWE leadership is says a lot both about WWE and AEW. That was, that was the answer that I, I looked at and it was very telling for a few reasons. Um, I um I don't know I I I thought um it was interesting that uh Cass asked her the fumbled question, um mm-hmm. and he asked her um he didn't phrase it that way of course he brought up you know that people online would mention that she was fumbled by AW, and he asked her what did she think was missed opportunities and that's when she a- answered that you know she wanted to face some of the bigger stars she wanted to face some of the women that were uh, in contention for the main title. Um, so that was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. She also mentioned as she when she answered that that some of those women had reached out to her after they left after she left and was saying that they wanted that match. It was a shame that it didn't happen. Um, yeah, I think there were interesting nuggets there. If you were looking for subtext, <laughs> um, got some. Yeah, <laughs> very <not> interesting say- <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm not saying anything because I'm trying to work. So. Uh... <laughs> I think, you. I, think leader, I, you. I think leadership is amazing everywhere and I can yep. work with anybody. So that's, everybody's uh, great up there. Everybody that's uh, in charge. Good people. That's right. Yeah. I, I mean, she, she's what still, do I know? she still spoke glowingly about her time with AEW. She yeah. still said she appreciated her time there. She gave all of the interest, all of the right answers. Um, she's good at this. She's and uh, so, you know, wasn't surprised by that. We yeah. wish her well. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think she's going to do well. It's going to be very exciting to see. But, gentlemen, I actually have some family stuff to take care of. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a Saturday morning. There's no school. I think we're going to a farmer's market. I don't know. Oh, but wow. I got to go, <laughs> I gotta go uh, spend a little bit of time with them before I go to my show tonight. But this has been a blast, man. Thank you. I'm honored to be on the show. Thank you guys so much for having me on to talk about uh, what we love to do. You know, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming through. Um, please go and support Chinese. Uh, yes, special. it's free. 
on YouTube. You cannot beat free. Um, if people don't remember that name, plug that one more time and plug anything else you're working on. Yeah, it's Johnny LaQuasto, Saudi stepdad, uh, youtube.com slash Johnny LaQuasto. And obviously I'm sure we'll be posting about this on social. So we'll post the link there. Um, yeah, Jay Quasto on social media is J-Q-U-A-S-T-O. Um, got some wrestling stuff coming up. I'm the, the new play-by-play guy for the ultimate women of wrestling, which, you know, my broadcast partners are Melina and Rampage Jackson. How about that wow. for a team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're mm-hmm. doing some great things. I'm very excited. They just released uh, the event we just did. You could buy it on pay-per-view. Um, if you're interested, let me know. I get say any of the info. Uh, it's, I think it's only like 10 bucks, and it's a, an amazing roster. I'm also going to be calling uh, Spark Joshi. Uh, their show's in L.A. on October 11th, and then Orlando October 14th. They're actually running in the same spot where I think NXT is doing a house show, somewhere in, in the Orlando area. I don't really know yet. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Spark Joshi is an up-and-coming uh, company as well. And, um, you know, if you like MMA, I'm the play-by-play guy for Titan FC, which you could watch on UFC Fight Pass. And uh, we'll see what comes up in the future. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. And um, Saudi Stepdad, check it out. <laughs> appreciate appreciate it. it. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. Uh, yeah. Johnny was great. Uh, appreciate him good. coming through. And be sure to ch- uh, check out his comedy special on YouTube. Uh, here we go. All right, yeah, let's adjust back back to regular life. That's us. Uh, I guess we can get into some super chats and humper chats. Um, Yeah. uh, (laughs) This is hilarious. Appreciate you, Josh. Crafty 2.0 sounds hilarious. Appreciate you, man. Y'all are funny. Continue to rock with us, man. Crafty 2.0. Y'all are silly. Yeah, let's uh, get into a couple of these super chat. Tina Key says, uh, good morning, gentlemen. A quick line to say hello. Reg, enjoy your time out here in Seattle. Much loves and many hugs. I'm really, really excited about pulling up to Seattle. So when did when did you decide to go to Seattle? Because I don't think we even talked about this. I was surprised uh, getting on this podcast. You're like, yeah, I'll be in Seattle. Uh, Monday, I think it was. I was like, no, actually, I decided on Sunday. I like went out, went to the Folsom Street Fair, saw a bunch of wild stuff. My eyes were like, oh, crazy. This is wild out here. I can't believe there's this many dicks outside. And then I was like, look, I got to hey, do something. Hey, cra- look, that's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. So I was like, yo, I should, I was just thinking about like flights and stuff and looked at them like, oh, I think I could make it to, uh, to, uh, Seattle. I'm just, just going to go on Sunday just for tomorrow, just for the show. And I was like, you know what? A bunch of friends are talking about being in Seattle and all this stuff started to happen. I was like, I'm going to do it. So on Monday, I did it and I'm going to be there yeah, tomorrow. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm excited. Like a it's show. a great card. We're going to get into that card, uh, later in this episode. Yep. Deontay Swanier says, uh, five star Grand Prix winner Suza Suzuki gonna rewatch uh, New Japan Destruction. What's good, fellas? Excited for NXT and Wrestle Dream. Whose house? Swerve's house. I see Big Willie Osprey got another five. Like Dave just keeps giving up them fives, man. He can't help it. Yeah, uh, shout out to Suzuki on that uh, uh five star Grand Prix win. Um, this tournament has been. Um, interesting. I honestly have not been able to keep up with it like I wanted mm-hmm. to because life is life and life's there's a lot of wrestling to watch. Life has been life in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is that. I think that's great for Zuzu. Um, big win for her. Um, hopefully, some of the women that got injured during this tournament um, get back and healthy soon. We got three 
women injured. Um, Utami is injured now. Um, Saya Kamatani is also mm-hmm. injured. She got injured towards the beginning. And then Starlight Kid got injured uh, recently. So, you know, a speedy recovery to all three of them. Um, uh, I thought Destruction was a great show. I don't know if you mm-hmm. watched it. Um, that main event was fire. Um, I keep saying that, man, Suji has arrived, bro. Mm-hmm. Suji, Suji is popular, man. Had a fantastic match with Osprey. The Big five match. like the sporting goods, baby. Yeah, Osprey don't miss at this point. Osprey yeah. don't have bad matches, but this was this was really really good. If you have not seen this show, at least go out of your way to watch this match. Um, there are a lot of other good matches on this card as well, but that main event was really really good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to check that out. Uh, Van Twinblade says Tankman, Max the Impaler, and PME all had to cancel their appearance last week. Tootie was supposed to surgically remove Tank's knees, but he's a coward. <laughs> yeah, I was interested to see why all those people had to cancel. And then I'm like, maybe check the uh, AW results tonight. Um, Orion Ben 666 says, Don- <laughs> Black Thought going to come on here with a 10-minute diss. Look, I put I Black Thought no on smoke. my list. It's Phil the one that, that threw him the smoke. So if Black Thought, if you're listening... It's all Phil. He nothing but Chicago. He can't help it. We're going to get another list with non-Chicago rappers. I mean, listen, I man. knew I'm where gonna, this was going to go. I'm going to be a phony, and I'm going to show up in Philadelphia for <laughs> WrestleMania weekend and probably have, like, an Illidef shirt on. Yeah, um, we're going to if, Philly, too, man. Come on. If, if, if you don't know, you can get the Grapsity hat in maroon like the Phillies hat. I'm probably going to just do, like, an entire Phillies um, ju- uh, outfit. I'm They're gonna, about to get us out of here. We ain't going to be able to get no cheesesteaks, um, no I'm nothing. I'm phony, but... Um, I don't know. I just think in terms of like my preference and just like rappers that like were huge for me. Like I could not imagine like erasing comments to Scott. You can't. Like, I you can't. can't not being that, from man. Chicago. It's I impossible. Can't. <laughs> yeah. But I knew it. I knew I was like, there's two Chicago. He's no way. He, like Lupe is automatic. Like I know. Automatic. There were, there automatic. Were, as soon as I seen him on the list, I'm like, okay, yeah, Lupe. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knew that answer right away. So predictable. I knew it too. That's hilarious. Good list though. Um, I like the list like that, like where we're paying, we're giving it up to everybody on these stupid. Sometimes these Twitter things are like, who's the worst? And it's like, nobody really needs to talk about that. Yeah. Talk about who we like the best. Yeah. And all six of those guys are incredible. Everyone is hard. Great careers. Royce is, uh, I've been inspired by all six of them. Yeah, Royce is extremely underrated. I, I, we didn't talk enough about Quali's career and yeah. just like everything he's done as a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, just his solo career, Black Black Star. Um, his, the weird part of his career that he's in now, where he's banned from Twitter. <laughs> um, he was yeah, things are pretty weird at this point. Yeah, when I first came to Twitter, he was one of the most amusing Twitter follows because yeah. he would at, he would go at people, bro. Right. He, he wasn't ducking no smoke. But on that was Twitter the gift streets. and the curse. That's what like done him That's in. What got him out of here? Um, wouldn't stop. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, he's just. In, but the, I, I mean, I think we wouldn't talk about most as much if it wasn't for Quali. Like Quali plays, but both of them, like they play such a big role in yeah. each other's come up that it's like. It's hard to honestly pick six. Like, I could say all these guys. Like, yeah. probably would be easier to rank them all one through six, maybe, than picking three. Yeah. But, I mean, but, the, see, you know? the other part of it is all three Moses' uh, solo albums are just. They're so good. They're so good. Like, Black on Both Sides, of course, is amazing. But uh, The New Danger is just, like, incredible. Like, that's uh, not, like I would put B number one and then Black on Both Sides number two, I think, is, like, best albums out of all these guys. 
Yeah. Um, what is the third? Ecstatic. Ecstatic is mm. very, very. It's crazy. Good. The song very with uh, Slick Rick. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> very good. I mean, yeah. Da 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 da. That's Fire, song. Man. Mad, li- that. Mad Liberator. Yes, love that album. He's got the Black Star album, to, Black Star record towards the beginning. Have you heard the uh, the new Black Star? They put it I have in, not like, heard the entire paywall or some shit. I have not. I I keep saying I'm gonna buy it and I haven't. But all of the Lucys they were putting out when they first came back were really good. The one with mm-hmm. their Risa sample was fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, all six of those guys I'm fans of. So it is yeah. a, it is hard to choose, but um, seriously. I'm like, have I seen all the six of them in concert? I've, I've seen Quali. I've seen most. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't think I've seen Lupe, actually. I think that's the only one. Or Royce. I've seen, okay, I've seen Lupe multiple times in concert. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm like a Lupe yeah. fanboy. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get it. We get it. Uh, yes Boy says, gents, how will the Canelo-Charlo fight play out? Is that tonight? I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Um, uh... I don't oh. think we keep up with boxing too much. I, too. I, I'm not enough of a boxing aficionado. I think um, Johnny might have had a better answer for us. On yes. That one. Um, I'm surprised, like, Canelo is still going, but hey, it's boxing. The Latinos come out for the homeboy Canelo. Shout yes, out they to do. them. They show it's up. A, it's always lit outside when he has a fight. So if it is a fight, I'm going outside because all the baddies are going to be outside. Uh, Will Chisholm says, uh, making Jade feel like a megastar was great. And for a black woman getting all the hype, I'm happy for her. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't want to say it's rare, but it don't happen a lot in WWE where a black woman is getting like this shine, you know? Yeah. I guess not, not even in WWE in general. Like, in general. You don't see a black woman getting shine. Like this. Cause I mean, really, when you look at how she's been treated, like she is the biggest female free agent that maybe since Ronda Rousey, which sounds crazy, but it does sound crazy, but it's true. It's it's really the truth because they I don't mean, have they don't do free agents like this usually. You know what I mean? Like none of yeah. them have like fanfare behind them. Like there's some that could, but there just hasn't been. So yeah, I think it is Jade since Ronda. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think she's their biggest move, and they're treating this like their biggest move since Cody. Um, and I mean that's the other part about this. The Jade stuff is so similar to the Cody stuff. I mean, even the part of the interview where she said this was the easiest move I've made in my life, which is which is almost exactly what Cody exactly said. Exactly what Cody said. Uh, <laughs> it's so similar. This is so funny. A lot of things that we talk about behind the scenes, Phil and I, like when they come out, it's it's extra it's just extra funny. It's like I think Phil said this exact thing and it's happening. It's just every single time it's not not funny. Come and rescue me. Take me out the club. Take me out the trap. Take me off the market. Take me I'm off the saying, map. I'm saying. <laughs> Trying to hit I'm the groove. Saying, bro. Um, I'm yeah, saying. Which, which, by the way, man, I, 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 I peep game Brandon Phillips, man. You see how he made his woman feel special, man? He, <laughs> he, he brought out the, he brought out the flowers. He put together a whole demo. No, nah, well, my guy Gresh hit him with it. <laughs> My guy Gresh hit him crazy. That was a wild tweet, wasn't it, Phil? That was hilarious. Y'all made Gresh the leader's tweet. Yo. Uh, <laughs> please add context to this. Yo. So, if, uh, um, Brandon Phillips, uh, uh, Jade's husband, who is a famous baseball pay- player, was a famous mm-hmm. baseball player, yeah. um, 
he uh he did it big for his for his wife he he got her a whole celebration for her signing with like a big sign and a, and a wwe cake and all this like other lit. stuff um jay posted it and she posted like a video of it and um you know she was she was stunned on y'all man stunned on you losers man <laughs> stunned on you brokies out here uh and so uh impact knockout um <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> stop Stop it. <laughs> Impact <laughs> knockout. Impact knockout. Jordan Grace saw this. And she joking with Lee was like, man, what's stopping you from doing this for me, Jonathan Gresham? And John Gresham responded with, you didn't kill the WWE. <laughs> How did you say that to your wife? That's crazy as hell. And it's so funny because I can see Grush like not think, thinking this is harmless. Like, no, what? I'm he's just, just saying it matter of fact. Joke like, on his wife, like, yo, you didn't go to WWE. That's why. Oh man, yeah, what a funny few minutes of this. And she just basically was like, "You can do it for me, signing friend with Impact. I just resigned." <laughs> Very funny few moments. Um, so that was that was great. Uh, shout Gresh, out to George. I'm guessing Gresh was like, "This is why I don't tweet." Exactly yeah. like I did after that. <laughs> That's why I don't tweet. Y'all can't let me get nothing off. Uh, but I can see this him, just him being his dry humor. Um, yeah. But yeah, shout out to Jordan. And like he out. wasn't being like "fuck you" to my his wife. No, hey, absolutely not. Guys. He wasn't. He wasn't trying to make his wife look bad. But <laughs> it just looks so funny, man. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, man, shout out to Jordan. Shout out to Gresh. Ooh. Gresh is uh gonna be involved with um Darius Lockhart's new promotion that he's working oh, on. I cannot which, wait which for this. Dope. I don't know anything about it. I'm trying to yeah. get some more details on it, but it's looking pretty lit. That uh that that uh clip that he put to promote it out there was really dope. Um yeah. the, the the performance that he's got lined up for it sounds Dude, dope. He's such a great mind. Like this isn't yeah. surprising at all. I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Like I knew if he if he just like Anything that he focuses in on is going to be hard. Like we saw when when he was active, active as a pro wrestler, like how all great his promos would always be. Like this is like, yeah, of course. Like he's cooking. Yeah. This is dope. Yeah, I he's somebody that takes representation so seriously. I'm saying, and he he wants to be a uh, someone that stands up for the culture, and he wants yeah. to be intentional with everything he does. So this wasn't surprising at all, especially with the way the NWA stuff went and, you know, his brief stint in, in AEW, um, I could easily see him like, you know, I got to come back. And if I come back and do this, I want to do it my way. And so I appreciate that. I respect that um, he is uh, taking that kind of risk with his career. Right. And I'm, I'm going to support whatever he does, man. I was going to support it anyway. And we'd like to talk to your boy, of course. Yeah, even yeah, if it was wrestling, you know, but putting together shows, this sounds dope. Yeah, I'm supporting regardless. No yeah. matter what, like, you know yeah. you know what time it is with me. You know what time it is with me. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, if you are not Very following, exciting. I believe it's um, titled Ase. I think that's mm -hmm. how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not following Ase Wrestling on Twitter, you should for more information on that. I'm going to try and get as much information as I can to Same. try to uh, promote that again on this show. Maybe we can get Darius on at some point. We're going to try to get Darius on before yeah. that show, for sure. I think there's a show December sure. or something or the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, which, you know, of course, we could always not not guess and, like, look. Yeah, just, like, just, act, just look act, it up. Act, act like looking it up. I'm going to get into the next. Uh, so which I, uh, Leonard Aarons III says, I see the snippets of how Charlotte dragged Bailey verbally. 
then folded her in short order when they fought. <laughs> and it reminds me how trash their creative is. Bailey's one of the best on the planet, and look at her now. Charlotte dragged Becky uh, Bailey twice. My guy, two times. Yeah, that. Uh, What's she, up with Bailey, Phil? She she lost pretty quick in that match. I was surprised she lost to a dude. Not even a natural selection or the figure eight. When she I say and Mercedes like, is number one, Bailey is one is one B because it's like the, all my favorite Mercedes moments are attached to Bailey. Don't do Bailey like this. You guys yeah. don't know what you have, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, the Bay. Yeah. Oof. Um, that finish was definitely something. Um, but out of that, we are getting the triple threat at Fastlane. It yeah. will be uh, Oscar versus Charlotte versus EO Sky. I'm like, how did Charlotte the championship? get in here? What is she doing uh, here? Yeah, I, you knew it was coming. <laughs> I, I knew it was coming, but every time it happens, it's still like, Charlotte, what are you doing here? Don't don't be surprised, man. Every time I it, it replays in my brain. Every time Vince coming out, Charlotte Flair. <laughs> you know what's coming, man. You, you knew it was coming. Damn, uh, I didn't know that was going to be forever, though. I thought that was just like that time. We're gonna no, this is forever, legit. Forever, ever, forever, ever. Like, what do you, forever. We, got, we wanted Oscar and EO Sky. What are you doing here? Why are you here? Yes. Uh, yeah, so it is I say. I, I think mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing it correctly. Okay. Um, and the show will be on December 1st, 2023, Charlotte, Sweet. North Carolina, at the Grady Cole Center. Uh, more information to come. Tickets are on sale now at com. You can also follow Asay Wrestling on Twitter for more information. Come on and raise up. Take your shirt off. Hopefully, Petey Pablo's there. Or, I don't know. Petey Pablo might have been on some wild shit. I think Petey Pablo might have been on some wild shit, so maybe he shouldn't be there. I mean, a lot of people be on some wild I'm saying. I'm saying. Uh, Leonard Aaron's the third also says, one thing AEW needs more credit for is reading the room. They knew Jade was out the door, kept her on the path she needed to stay on, and kept it moving. Don't do, don't do more folk than you need to. Don't do more for folks than you need to. How do you feel about that? Yeah, how do you feel about the end of uh, what happened with Jade on screen? Yes and no, but I, I think that uh, towards the end, it very much seemed like they were trying to figure out a way to bring her back with the thought that she was going to stay with the company. So I think once they realized that um, her contract was up and she might not be back. I think that both parties did the right thing. It's not like she went out getting squashed. Right. um, And she did the right thing with uh, Stat and going and putting Stat over on the way out. She did business, as they say. So, um, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any hard feelings there. I think that, you know, everybody handled this uh, professionally. And I think that's more important than anybody trying to, you know, yeah, I think that's that's what Leonard is getting to. It was like it was a professional yeah. way for everybody to like amicably split. Yeah. Uh, our homie Eloquence says, "Common like water for chocolate, legit favorite LP of all time." I probably wouldn't make beats right. without that album. Common greater than. That's fair. Damn. Very Damn. fair. Again, Common's discography is—it's crazy. That's I, that's kind of why you have to put him in there because he that's, has a lot of them back man. to back to back to back. All of the all of the sampling that they did on like Water for Chocolate, like the fe- fella records they were using, mm-hmm. um, fucking God, Dilla, a, yes, that was an incredible, yeah. incredible album. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, by the time he got to be, he already was a legend. He already was a legendary spitter, he, and then he, had he like got a, even better. He had like a three or four album run where he wasn't missing, man. They tried to get him out of here too for uh, Electric Circus, but you know, yeah, he had a you know. They can't but all be had, hitter. 
I mean, it was just album, ahead of his time. I think. I think he did a couple of ahead of his times. I wasn't big on the album, but at the same time, it had one of the biggest album, biggest songs of his career on it. Exactly. That record with Mary J. Blige, huge, did big numbers, time. bro. Yeah, that was that was one of his most known records at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's fire. Like it's one of those like known neo soul records. So yeah. Uh, we just yeah. weren't trying to hear that at the time. It's like hey, we weren't we weren't here for the for the knit hats and all the rest <laughs> of stuff he was doing. He was, but look, he went left ahead of his time. I'm telling you, bro. If he yeah. would have came up a couple of years later. Probably would have hit. Yeah. Are are you uh are you a universal mind control hater? Because that's mm. one of his albums that splits people. Yeah, um, I'm a hater. I'm, I'm I'm not even gonna cap. I'm not a fan at all. I really liked it album. Because, <laughs> You'd be pop walking so, in your room to that feel or what? No, no. But it, it's one of those albums that, because I think it's so f- different from the two Kanye albums that people wanted more of that. Yeah, um, yeah. But I also can see him like wanting to go back into like his B-boy roots and do like a, like Africa Bambada inspired um, album. Just like you and, said, he will still break dance right now. Yeah. I, I And I thought the songs that hit on there hit like, um, like Gladiator is fire. The Punch Drunk Love record on there is mm-hmm. fire. It's a lot of good records on there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm not mad at it. I, I'm not a bumping it, but I don't hate it. Uh, the other half says, uh, "What do you think about pro wrestling Noah and WWE working together? And would this be a reason maybe Tony has brought NJPW?" Um, are you trying to invoke the Tom Campbell joke of him saying, are you interested in working with pro wrestling? <laughs> um, and then, of course, Triple H does the no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't I don't see that happening because that's just not how WWE does things. They don't They're do that. interested in partnerships. Nope. They're interested in coming in and assimilating your, your company exactly. and taking it. Um, so I can see them still at some point trying to get this NXT Japan thing off the ground exactly. before that happens. I was going to um, say, they don't partnership. They're just like, go and get 20 Japanese wrestlers from all these companies and start their own thing. <laughs> yeah. Spe- speaking of Tom Campbell, uh, congrats to Tom Campbell on the uh, ring announcer gig that he's got coming up at the UK show for Impact. That's oh, fire. Um, and the way that he found out about it was really cool. Uh, Joe Hendry told him about it um, on the air. And apparently, like everybody else at Cultaholic knew about it. Shout out to Tom, man. That's dope. Uh, Mine James says, Jade and Bianca, women's tag champions, a black woman, Harlem, Harlem Heat kind of vibe. See, that's where I'm landing at, mine. Everybody wants to see Jade versus Bianca. I'm teaming these ladies up, and we are making money, money. Imagine all the little girls that'd be inspired by the team of Jade and Bianca. We getting paper, big dog. But they don't care about those championships, so yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not waste that on that. Uh, Will Chisholm says, Red, Jade beads. Oh, Jade needs to hit you for a new song. I'm like, yeah, no, send a, send a check, Jade. I'll do that. Send a check. Uh, she, Aaron she, Busby's, yeah, no, go ahead. She, dro- she did drop another bar in that Mark interview for ESPN when, um, Mark was like, did you get the bag? And she was like, I am the bag. I am a money bag. And I was like, straight up, straight up. Uh, Our homie Aaron Busby says, just to let y'all know, y'all need to listen to Doja Cat's new album. One of the best rap albums of the year. I actually do want to check out the new Doja Cat album. I keep hearing good things about the Doja album. And that's why I made fun of Will, because (laughs) Will brought out the Doja Hive at our uh, live show. And so uh, 
Yeah, she I executed heard... right after that. Right after our show, she was like, "Here you go." Nah, because she's talking crazy. <laughs> talking about, I ain't got no bars. Let me let me correct you. Ah, ah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I've heard the Doja album is very good. I've heard that the the Puff album is very good as well. I've heard oh, yeah, many yeah, people yeah. say this. Um, uh, but I've been I've been so enthralled with like staring at staring at the at the walls and listening to the two Earl sweatshirt records we got like yo put this album out guys put the rest out bro I, Send it. I I listened to both of those records a lot like especially the first one he dropped put that album out man <laughs> I'm ready it's, for it it's uh, streaming on the 6th actually so it's coming it's coming oh so I'm that's next excited. week yeah, yeah it's on the 6th very excited for that um, I listened to the Rome Streets Rome Streets put out a new one yesterday and that shit was crazy like it's funny cause we were having a group chat. It's funny. We were having a group chat yesterday about hip hop and I had just got done listening to that Rome streets album. Somebody was like, I hate hip hop. And I was like, how like mainstream hip hop? Yes. I do understand. Yeah, People say that. I get it. Anything they fucking present to you is going to be bullshit, but there's so much that's still rich as hell in hip hop. I mean, Nas just dropped the, like it, Wayne's dropping a new mixtape. Like there's all this still great stuff Wayne, happening. Wayne tape is out. It out is dropped. Yeah, I think that's out. Oh, I might have to bump that too. Um, but yeah, I haven't heard the new Rome Street album, but that last Rome Street album was yeah was bananas. So I wouldn't be surprised if this one's good. Um, right. No, there's, there's plenty of good music out there. There's almost yeah. too much good music. <laughs> Always, yeah, exactly. Uh, friend Will Chisholm also says, Phil, I know you heard your boy Seth calling himself the best in the world. It could be nothing, or Survivor Series in the Shy is going to have a lot all eyes on them. I think well, Chisholm is just saying that possibly we'll see CM Punk as uh, series. I think it's a coincidence. Um, he's playing. He's playing wrestler. I think it's a coincidence. Um, Rollins has said many times that he does not like this man. I cannot yeah. see him. I cannot see him teasing and mocking this guy and and planning to work with him when he's made it clear that he does not want him there. That'd be wild. He doesn't want to work him unless all of that was at work. I don't know. I mean, nobody really knows. I don't think. I by the way, I don't think if he did go there, I don't think that Rollins would say no to working with him. No, um, no, no. I think that I think that that would be a big match, and I think Rollins knows that. Yeah, I could see Rollins. I mean, because the the whole thing was kind of on the Shield, kind of played a role in that Roman must win shit. Like, so he kind of kind of could think he was thrown under the bus, and I would understand. I don't. But yeah, there could I, be other stuff. I'm sure. I think Rollins felt the way. You know. If I'm, of course, I'm of course speculating. I don't know this for sure. I think he may have felt a way about um, him calling him out while he was on backstage. And oh, uh, true, 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 true. Punk, Punk basically cut a promo on him and told him to get off Twitter and yeah. all this other stuff. Which at the time, he's kind of right about. Um, but it, it is what it is. Uh, but I even they could have been working then though. They could have been. I don't know, and that's why I'm like, who knows? He could have been working. I think it's funny that the person that got their response out of him was one Nick Houseman. Um and <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But I think that video in itself is hilarious. The way Rollins is dressed in that video with mm -hmm. the entire jeans outfit and the big cowboy hat. Yeah. Um is hilarious. It's um, a silly clip to keep referencing. It's, it's really, really funny. <laughs> um, but now I seen Rollins was getting his shit off to this week, man. He he did those dark matches at SmackDown. He was like, oh y'all let me in SmackDown with my belt. And he did you see the clip I'm talking about? Mm -mm. I heard about it though. This is from he, last night, right? He, he there's a clip. There's two clips. There's a clip of him um, 
encouraging people to put their their um, flashlights up to do the fireflies. Okay. I think his theme song after his match, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was a good uh, tribute to Bray Wyatt. He's been doing a few tributes to Bray since he passed. Um, he's, he had his name plates on his belt at one mm-hmm. point. His mm-hmm. gear at uh, Payback was a tribute. So that was cool. But the one that I was more amused by was the one when he was like, yeah, good to be here on SmackDown. I'm here. Uh, best in the world is here. Um, Cena's back. Cena's here. Um, Universal champion. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I, I see it. I, I Listen, I that's, it. My, that's my champion. My world champion spoke. And so I was just like, man, he seen y'all needed a y'all needed a bone. Y'all champion don't show up on Friday, so I guess I got to show up and uh, have some dark matches over here. Show y'all what time it is. Show y'all how I'm we do things on Monday. Man, <laughs> I'm saying the homie's at home. He ain't even watching this, bro. Robin's been telling y'all he wants this rematch. Give him his rematch, man. Where is Roman though? What the hell is he doing? At home. Watching. I saw match. that there was this news this week. Oh, he's going to defend it on a live event. I'm like, why? What? It it sure seems like based off of um, where we're going with Seth Rollins. I mean, sorry, with the uh, L.A. Knight tag match. The L.A. Knight is going to be his next opponent, oh, okay. if I had to guess. Probably that's at the Saudi fun. show that's coming up in, in November, but we'll see. They're about <laughs> to give you the hair dam for L.A. Knight as he gets fucking jabbed out to Big Dog Roman. Yeah, you know what time it is. He's going to get his moment. Um, I do think him getting his moment at SmackDown last night was really cool. Um, I was brother is big over, big over. I was a little worried for him because I was like, man, to get COVID when you're possibly going to get put in the biggest match of your career. John Cena, uh, linked to the bloodline stuff. I was like, oh man, that's so that's so unfortunate. But glad that he's back. Um, glad he recovered well. He got back relatively quick. Um. Yeah, I think that's a smart move to go with that match at Fastlane. Um, I still don't know what we're doing with the Jimmy stuff. I thought the Jimmy stuff this week was at least funny. Um, I thought that the the part where he was doing all of Roman's mannerisms, like he went and gestured for the mic the same way. He put his, his hand out slowly the same way. Even mm-hmm. when he got the mic, he was saying a lot of the same stuff Roman usually says. He was doing his mannerisms. I thought all that stuff was funny. I thought him getting smacked by Mia Yim and the way he sold it was really, really, really funny as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, still I'm not high on this heel turn, but Jimmy yeah. is Jimmy. He's an entertaining guy. So, Remember, he was supposed to be the guy. I mean, he's taking advantage of his moment. I'm, I'm, I'm super into that. Um, yeah. yeah. And then our last uh, <laughs> super chat for now is from uh, T-Rav, THC. Bro, the Earl and Alchemist album is so tough. They had it on some website for like a month now. Had to make an account to listen. Alchemist, Mike, and Wiki dropped a fire album the other day as well. Yeah, it was a, some rappers are doing this just like the, 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 the Black Star album is like, you gotta get it on a separate service. They don't put it on streaming yeah. for a while. That's why it's gonna come October 6th. So yeah. Um, what was you laughing at? Um, shout out to Richard Martinez in our chat that called him the trivial chief, not the tribal chief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're yeah. trying. They're trying to make this heel turn work. Um, there were some entertaining things on SmackDown, but I'm still sitting here like this heel turn makes no sense. And it's like that's the character that he's playing. Like you know that that guy's not going to be the next world champ. So it's like, no, you know what I mean? Like where are we going with this? 
nowhere. The Rock on the road, on the road to nowhere, man. I think Cody's still getting his match. I think that's where I'm taking away. <sighs> Is anybody gonna care in March, <laughs> Phil? Yeah, I, I mean Cody's still super over. I think you you got to get to the point eventually, but. Yeah, I, Cody. Cody mentioned uh, he took a jab at Paul Heyman this week as well. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> jump into some upper chats. Um, yeah. Uh, from Van Twinblade. Uh, sad news, friendos. Uh, Dalton Castle and the boys can't be at Glory Pro Show on the fifteenth. Uh, Tony is sending us the kingdom, and boom, boom, boom. Cole Cabana instead. Here's hoping for a next strong surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Uh, Kingdom's a good replacement. They are. They're a good tag team. Uh, yeah, great tag team. Um, let's see. Tony P sent us a few. Let me scroll and line them up. Ba, 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 ba. All right. From Tony P says, Petty People of the Week, <laughs> Baby Bash Crew, who wouldn't let uh, T Pain cook on a cyclone hook and fucking <laughs> blame oh, the front that. office. <laughs> Fucking blame the front office. My team oh. in the middle of, of, of the beef. Um, they traded We are him two for... hours in and haven't talked about Dame. Yeah, so uh, Tony P also said they traded him for a man close to retiring and a good center that uh, disappears at times. Nasty work. They even got the same number of picks we were offering them from the Bucks. I still think the Heat will do well. These old-ass bucks aren't going to have any knee cartilage when the playoffs come. <laughs> uh, I want your... Uh, okay, th- well, that the other part of his uh, Humper Chat is about something different. Uh, the Dame trade is it's big news because Dame, of course, uh, said that he wanted out of uh, Portland mm-hmm. and uh, Blazers acquiesced. There's that crazy uh, report that came out that uh, he told them he wanted to tr- to get traded to the Heat, and when they mm-hmm. said that wasn't happening, he was like, "All right, well, I'll I'll, I'll stay put." And they told him, "No, you won't." <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Nah, you're not putting that uh, genie back nah, in the we bottle. Yeah, We're nah, trading it's, you. It's out, big dog." <laughs> and so um, that was kind of wild. But then I also kind of felt like, "What did you expect, Dame? You kind of interrupted the entire postseason." And the chemistry was not going to be the same between you and the organization, between you no. and the team. So no. it was a done deal. And I kind of feel like um, I don't think the Heat's trade offer was that good. But I also feel like it was uh, Portland being petty and going, that's where he wants to go. We're not yeah. going to trade him where he wants yes, to go. Exactly. Um, I don't think the Bucks is a bad landing spot for him. I no. think it's a, it's a very good position for him because – that's a pretty good starting lineup. It's him, yep. Middleton, uh, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. Um, if those guys stay healthy, they can make a good run at this. Totally, um, yeah. I think, uh, surprisingly, the guys that kind of got the best of this trade were the Phoenix Suns. They got a lot of depth in this trade. Um, they already had a pretty good uh, starting lineup, and I feel like this made them better. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I At this point, um, looking at these two trades, I feel like, Bucks have to be a favorite to come out of the East. Yeah. I, um, I do think that it, it is a bit of irony for someone like Tony P that is a Miami fan and you watched um, <laughs> you watch the Heat hand these guys a humiliating loss and uh, put them out of playoffs and then they came back and played spoilers and took the player that you had been lobbying to get all summer. Um, Love basketball, baby. I'm so excited that it's back. 
Oof. Uh, that that Jimmy video was hilarious. I laughed oh at it for God. a good 20 minutes. Yes, huge laugh. <laughs> um, Jimmy is still the best. He's still incredibly entertaining. Um, but it sounds like uh, it sounds like the Heat are going to try and get Drew Holiday because um, I don't think Portland's going to keep him. And if they needed somebody to fill in that spot and be like a defensive point guard for them and a playmaker, it wouldn't be a bad That's choice. Why. Yeah, I've, not I've bad. also heard that the Chicago Bulls are interested in Drew nah, Holiday. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I was going to say, how serious do you think they are? <laughs> I, I, but see, I think that's more... I think that's more plausible than them getting Dame. When they were saying yeah, they were the top totally. for Dame, I didn't believe that at You're all. You're like, nah. Um, but, yeah, I think this isn't bad. Dame also wanted to play with Giannis, so, you know. Listen, Oakland, California zone. Damian Lillard is now a Milwaukee buck. You want to go to Milwaukee, big dog? I mean, <laughs> no. No. what's out there, Phil? What's going on? Like, I mean, I guess if you go to a place where it's just about basketball, maybe you'll get better. You're like, there ain't nothing going on out here. I'm just about to ball with Giannis. Now, I think this is a good move. I mean, for years, for the last three postseasons, we've been like, at the end, like, where's Dame going to go? What's Dame going to do? Then he's back on Portland, and we're like, ah, they keep playing this game of tug of war that we know that they're enthralled in in the back. And Portland, I don't think they got the last laugh. They might think that they got the last laugh because they didn't let him go to the Heat. But I mean, you could be be a lot worse places than with the Bucks. Yeah, they they um they were gonna move him anyway. So yeah, they were, they were gonna lose him anyway. Right. Um, so it it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good trade for Milwaukee. Like I said, I think Phoenix came out of this the best. Um. I'm not sure what the future is for Portland. They've got a few solid young players that they can build around. They're out of here. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, Portland's one of those teams that they just cannot get over the hump. They're, they have not been seriously in title contention since, like, the 80s when they had Drexler and those guys. Um, we got beaten by the Chicago Bulls. Um, <laughs> their chance to get a, a I, When they had Damon um, and Damon CJ but, on the same squad, I liked it. I thought that they had some time. They weren't ever going to win anything, yeah, but I liked that team. squad. No, I, I liked them when they had Dame and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge as well. Um, yeah. They've had some good teams, but they just couldn't get over that hump. Um, they just could mm. not get to that next gear to be a championship team. And that's kind right. of the story of, of, of Portland in a lot of ways. Uh, but we'll see. I'm, I, of course, am excited for basketball to come back because I'm not back. as much of a football football fame fan this uh kaepernick stuff shows me again why i'm not a big football fan and the chicago bears are a fucking dumpster fire so you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't like football and i've been out since kaepernick and i'm definitely not going back because it's still the same but i'm very happy that basketball is back let's go warriors that's it man you're taking it bringing the chip home you ready for this chris paul experiment I don't know what's about to happen. Like I'll randomly, I'll, it'll randomly be a Wednesday, and I'll think of that trade happen. I'm like, what, man? What is going to happen here? Draymond's definitely going to punch him or something or kick him in the nuts by then, by the end of the season. There's no way that these guys are just going to work well together. You think they're going to work well together, Phil? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know like, how that's going to work. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you. I'm, I'm thinking like maybe Chris Paul's just gonna get it together. He's just gonna come in, be a great defensive player, and have a great a bunch of assists. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, the game has changed. He's about to be in San Francisco. The weather's different. The tacos are good there. 
There's not a lot of trouble to get into besides getting your car bipped, but you know, it's fun. No, I know. You Chris Paul it. is going to many other organizations, and yeah. they have had their hopes up that this would be the thing that pushed them over, the, and it never is because yeah. Chris Paul is kind of fraudulent. But you know, <laughs> it's it's okay. Uh, I didn't say know. it. I personally I mean, think you guys should have kept Jordan Poole, but you know. A young superstar that's gonna get better, probably. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think so. I would think so. <laughs> yeah, nah, when, when we first talked about this, and you were like, uh, you were like Draymond and, and Chris are gonna be doing a super kick party to people. I'm junk. saying they're gonna be three D people like the damn Dudley Boys. <laughs> like oh, if they get if they get into that gruesome to some Brash Bros mode, maybe it'll work out. But the referees are just gonna throw the both of them out because they're awful. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Tony P is is gonna try and get us in, in trouble. Before I say uh, anything here, I should also throw out this disclaimer. Um, a disclaimer. People that say things in our comment section do not speak for people on this podcast. That oh, is just somebody up. in our comment section saying something. We mm-hmm. don't always agree with these people, and that does not speak for the uh, intentions of the two podcasters that are sitting in front of you. Enjoy. This is just entertainment. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, so that's for, but yes, for Tony P. He says, uh, I want your thoughts about what Lyric said about the general refusal of many black wrestling fans to support black wrestlers unless they're in WWE. I mean, some of the nasty accounts that are super pro WWE are ran by black fans. Oh man, I didn't know that's what we were doing. So I got a, I got a text. I think my mom's calling me. So, um, <laughs> Lyric, Lyric, uh, if you guys do not know, Lyric is great. She was uh, working over at uh, Women's Wrestling Talk. She also has her own um, podcast. She does a little bit of writing as well. Super talented. Um, has super thoughtful um, insights on wrestling. Um, she's right about this. She's absolutely right about this. I, from afar, I saw it. I saw it. I liked that tweet because I was like, no, she's right. Because there are a lot of people that um, when they say they're a wrestling fan, they don't mean that they're a fan of all pro wrestling. That means they're a WWE fan. Because to them, wrestling is WWE. Begins and ends with WWE. So when these type of fans say that they want to see black wrestlers succeed, that means they want to see them succeed over there. That's that doesn't it. mean they want to see them succeed anywhere else because they don't watch that stuff. They don't. When they leave the stuff. WWE, they don't care. They're not going to support them on their way out. Yes. And so, no, she's 100% right about that. I don't want to go into um, detail of some of the certain accounts that I see do it or some of the nasty tweets I see. Not my place, especially other um, content creators. I do not lo- like using our platform to bash other Ugh, content creators. Uh-huh. Um, I, if I just disagree with their takes, I disagree with their takes. But yeah, I don't want to use our platform to bash anybody else doing this content thing, especially if they're black. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm rooting for other black podcasters. Everybody get their shit off because if you get your yeah. shit off, I'm going to get my shit off too. It's not like I only want to get my shit off. I want everybody to get their shit off. Yeah, but Lyric is absolutely right about this. Yeah. We've seen this several times. There's so right many- on the money. There's so many examples of this. She is absolutely right. Um, mm-hmm. And we'd like and, to have Lyric on the pod, too. She yeah. can come and talk about it all she wants. We don't want to look nasty after uh, other stuff was going on, but we definitely would like to have her on the pod. Listen, there, there was things going on that I very much wanted to mind my own business on. Yes. And so, you know, she's always welcome here. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, and 
she will be on eventually. Um, definitely gonna shoot her an invite. But, but yes, just like Phil said, we have to mind our business. Sometimes, sometimes it is <laughs> it is best to mind your own business. Um, What's that over there? <laughs> but yeah, to to your point, Tony P, um, you are right. I do think that that is just how certain fans are, um, and that doesn't mean those fans are. It's tough for me to just say that they're wrong. It's just that's no. their perspective on wrestling. Um, I don't agree with it. I that's not something I would like to do. When I say I support, I support. But, you know, some people don't see it that way, and I cannot force anybody to do the same things that I do. You know, uh-huh. Phil, I'm not mad at it because for my entire life, I've been a WWE fan. Like, 30 of my years it was WWE fan. And they, as a company, condition – that's probably a crazy word to use. But they condition their fans to think this way. For my entire life, I thought WCW sucked because WWF told me every day that WCW sucked. And people that watched WCW were losers and everything surrounding it was that. And they've done that with every – if it's another company, they're not as good as us. They're not as big as us. They're not as flashy as us. They told us this. Yeah, that's where a lot of their fans get this notion that if you're not WWE, you're small time. That's where they got this. That's where they got the bingo hall rhetoric. That's exactly where it came from. Bingo halls came directly from WWE TV. (laughs) Yeah. So um, in some ways, but that's them being promoters. And I I understand that. that. They should be like that. We're the best. These other people are trash. I get it. And I understand that part about it, but I do think some of their fans take this stuff too much to heart and they decide, ah, none of this other stuff is worth my time. But, you know, that's your choice. Um, like, because personally... sometimes when Triple H is making a joke, he's straight up making a joke. Like, he's not, it's not like some tribalism thing. Like, he's like, I'm a, you know, this shit is funny. Like, and a lot of wrestlers, like, tribalism, when we say this shit, some of these wrestlers don't give one shit. Some of them do. Let's not give it away from that. But some of them don't care at all. And they have friends in both sides. And this is yeah. just a really fun job for them, you know? Yeah. Kenny Kenny Omega spoke out on this this week. He and said he was it. saying how, you know, we support whatever wrestlers do when they leave here. We support what wrestlers do um, if they leave somewhere else. Um, you know, it's just a job. Exactly. Know. So, uh, but, yeah, it's it's a it's – a, it's a tricky conversation, Tony, because it's um, <laughs> a good way to describe it. It's a tricky conversation because, um, of course, I cannot speak for all black people. And, you know, I don't allow anybody out there that is also black to speak for me because I have no. my own opinions. Um, and so because of that, I see things that I don't agree with and I don't necessarily like. But um, yeah. I don't get down like that. But, you know, teach I, their own. I, I will say this, um, and this is something that I'm sure some someone somewhere or other people might take away. I do think it's interesting that um, at one point when I started doing content as a black man, um, I talked to other black content creators, and we kind of had this unspoken rule between us that we don't trash each other because, you know, I want, I want that person to succeed. I, I want other black creators to succeed. And so whenever I see people... Um, trashing us or doing that, I'm just kind of like, all right, well, you know, I'm still abiding by this. I thought, yeah, word no, I thought we had that. We don't, rule. we don't, yeah. we don't trash other still black creators, but I also see people do it to us, and you know, yeah. and that's fine. I just, I'll be getting, we begin. I, I, I'm just, like, I'm just, us. I'm just not gonna do that with Me? people. I'm, I have no interest in doing that for any reason. Like, it, it, you know, again, I want people to succeed. Um. 
That's if it. You, if you ask everybody. Me, if you ask me, do I see people doing nasty stuff? Of course I see it. Uh, people people send me these things. I sometimes see it on my own. Um, I was silly enough at one point when we started this podcast to search our, our, our hashtag. Absolutely and saw, not. And I saw mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that um, I didn't need to see. But, you know, again, I just, I don't, I, I in general am not rooting for anybody to fail. No. And that's what, whether they're black or anything. I just am not rooting for anybody. Because if you fail, that's more reason for me to fail. Is what I'm I mean, saying. So if it, you it, succeed, then we all succeed or we have the opportunity to succeed. But I mean, it, it also just doesn't do anything for me, man. Like, I, I to me, like, I don't want to see the downfall of anybody. What the fuck does that do for me? I'm I mean, even, if, even if I don't like you, I'm not rooting for your podcast to fail. I don't no. really care if your podcast succeeds or don't fails care. because it has no bearing on me. I'm not, I'm not sitting at home hating on anybody like, man, I want you to fail. I want this tonight. This podcast well. sucks. These guys are the worst. Yeah, Their I, takes are dumb. No, I don't I, have I just time think for that. that. I think that's a waste of time. That's um, a lot. Well, very but, time consuming. But, you know, that's in the weeds. That's off somewhere else. I don't want to. I don't want to get into the mud with certain stuff. No, uh, we're all about just trying to fucking have a good time and do this podcast and not care about any of that stuff. We both landed like a year ago. You might have got me into some shit, but at this point, I can't get into anything because I just don't give a shit. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of things that I from afar that la- I laugh at that people think I'm taking seriously and I'm just kind of laughing at it. And they don't realize it um, mm. from from Wagi says, g'day. Uh, Grapsity, uh, they're gonna need to start making those uh, just for guys shirts with a little white, <laughs> with a little whiteboard panel in the middle, so they can update the number as people join and leave. House mm-hmm. of Torture won't just die. He's of course talking about the fact that Kanemaru uh, betrayed his other stablemates and left just five guys. So they're no longer just five guys, and he joined up with House of Torture. Shame. Which is for, shame. Yeah. For, for shame for shame kind of maru um mm. maybe they got tired of those burger restaurant um <laughs> yeah no straight um, up <laughs> just, just, just be just four guys so just eliminate one of the guys so they stop comparing us to and we don't get sued yeah uh another one from tony p says uh so was zuzu going for tam earlier do you feel rossi will let her beat tam or do you think tam is going to dream queendom uh they say he still wants the rumored cyan tam match I feel Micah would be a better choice versus Tam instead of Saya at Dream Queendom. Um, well, at this point, we don't know when Saya Kamatani will be back, so I'm not sure when that match will happen. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I think there's a chance Suzu could win. I, at this moment, with as hot as Tam is, it's hard for me to bet against her because, mm-hmm. boy, I bet against her against Julia, and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was completely wrong. Right. Um, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I believe that is all our Humper chats for now. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Let's get into is... some wrestling stuff. What do we still got? We got the NXT. We can get it to the NXT card. We can get to the Wrestle Dream card. Yeah, a couple of got, strong got, shows happening this weekend. We got a lot of stuff we can still get into. Um, yeah, I think this is a great message before we we move on. From uh, NY Green, she says, "My blessings ain't going, ain't got nothing to do with her blessings. You succeeding doesn't mean someone else doesn't succeed. Success is not pie. Everyone can have a piece. That is absolutely right. And thank you. One of those things that you have to learn in life, and I've had to learn this the hard way, is somebody else's success does not equal your failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you cannot be beholden to other people's success and decide because they have that, then 
I have somehow done something wrong. It doesn't mean anything at all. It just means that they're having their moment. And that doesn't that you you can be appreciative of somebody else having their moment. And these spaces even, that we even if exist, you don't like them. Yeah, totally. And these spaces that we exist in are so big that there is like like they said, there is room for everybody. It's not just one little pie like if you don't get it over here, you could get it over here. You can get it over here and you can get it over here. There's not just one space. If you want to exist in that one space, you can. But the thing is so wide that there's not even reason to hate on anybody because another opportunity is probably going to come up pretty soon after that. Hey, and listen, prime example, before we did our hats, um, I had said for the longest that I wanted to do hats. You know why? Because them black wrestling dudes were doing hats and they were doing mm-hmm. merch for the longest. And I was like, yo, that merch is always fire. Mm-hmm. They have the cool hoodies, man. They had, they've done a few hats rollouts. And I'm like, I know we want to do hats at some point. So I'm just like, man, I don't know how they do it, but it definitely inspired me to try and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, there's a lot of black podcasters out here that are doing their things. A lot of content creators that are doing their thing and um, keep so. doing your thing. And we've yeah. seen all the people with your new Grapsity hats. Looks great. All the Grapsity merch that's been showing up and people are rocking it. Y'all are hey, man. the best. Grapsity.bigcartel.com. You want to have like me? If you would also like a a shirt, um, Grapsity. That blogspot. Blogspot. going back to fucking. You going all the way back? <laughs> going back to two thousand years of the. My brother spot. said blogspot. <laughs> going back to early two thousands. Blogspot. Um, <laughs> Uh, Grafty.bigcartel.com. Um, like, you're definitely not going to find it on that website. Blogspot. <laughs> way, way back on you. Way back in time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Grafty.bigcartel.com. Uh, uh, so, of course, one of the other uh, big pieces of news this week um, was not as fun to report, uh, but uh, Adam Cole uh, is injured. Uh this is unfortunate with the timing of it, of course. Um, mm. It just seemed like him and MGF were getting rolling. They're cooking. Um, it seemed, seemed like they still had so much more to do with the storyline. I was still of the opinion that uh, Adam Cole would possibly beat him for the title. Um, mm-hmm. But this seems like it's a pretty serious injury, uh, the way he described it in ring. Um, he said that his ankle exploded. <laughs> Which, I mean, he showed that, uh, Britt Baker showed the uh, x-ray. He did break this thing in three places. He said that he tore some ligament as well. Um, and the, she did also show the picture of his swollen ankle. Um, yeah, this is uh, unfortunate. Of course, this is from uh, Grand Slam where he jumped off the ramp uh, to run down to help uh, Max in his match with Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, wish him a quick recovery. Uh, I thought the segment that they had right before he announced the injury was encouraging because it was very good and it, it furthered the storyline between the two of them. Um, so I, I, I was tentatively excited because I was like, this could be a good sign, but he also had the crutches in that segment as well. Yeah, unfortunate. So unfortunate. Adam Cole can't catch a break. And it's really unfortunate because... Adam Cole is like a top guy and he's somebody yeah. that people want to succeed, succeed. And every time he kind of gets the fucking motor running in AEW, something like this happened is so unfortunate, man. And I think it really shows how crazy pro wrestling is because like he didn't get hurt off a Canadian destroyer. He didn't get hurt off of some super crazy power bomb. He got hurt running in, jumping off of a ramp. And it's like, 
that's just the type of type of shit you'll have to deal with. Speedy recovery to Adam Cole. It's unfortunate because of where this angle is too. I think that this been maybe the hottest angle in the whole company and you're involved in the world title program and Roderick Strong is cooking. Kingdom are just starting to get their shit off. I think all the elements and then for this to, to happen, it's really unfortunate. I think there's still ways that they could salvage it. Uh, Kate was making on our ring of honor post show. She made a good point of like at the show tomorrow, Roderick Strong comes in as the replacement for Adam Cole tries to help. Mm. There could be some kind of thing like that playing along. Um, there's a bunch of angles I think they could go with, uh, but it just sucks for Adam Cole because of the time that happened. But yo, immediately after that, Phil, we got a big surprise, right? I wasn't suspecting this at all myself after Adam yeah. Cole got up out of there. I mean, I, 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 if, if I could take anything away from this whole situation, um, not just the injury situation, um, but just in general, in terms of like the backstage drama and everything, I think AEW has bounced back really well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I I think the the segment that they aired before he announced his injury was good. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it furthered their storyline. Um, I know sometimes the humor, say no. <laughs> the, <laughs> the humor in these things can be hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but I thought that this was I thought this was funny. I mm-hmm. thought that they um, pushed the stuff forward because um, there was a part in it that I was like, all right, what's MJF doing? He uh, he kind of played up the Sopranos angle mm-hmm. of him like possibly. Um, hitting him with the diamond ring and throwing him off the boat. We got a finally, after all this time, got the Captain Insano uh, cameo. Yeah, Paul has been trying to make this uh, Captain Insano. He's trying to get it over <laughs> for the longest, and so we finally get it. The fact that it happened in this segment is really funny <laughs> to me. But uh, I thought the segment was really good. But like you said, we got a big surprise after after Adam Cole got a ring because we saw the Switchblade mm-hmm. Jay White. And we got a trademark uh, MJF uh, promo segment, uh, which <laughs> trademark I, know... I need twenty minutes, Tony, out there promo. <laughs> yeah, and I know people can be very, um, I don't know. I I think it could be a mixed bag, I, depending on your preference. I know some people that don't like them. I know some people that really enjoy them, but uh, for the most part, Max has done really well in these. And it, even yeah. if he doesn't do well in them. Uh, he's good at um, highlighting things about the other wrestler yep. to make you want to um, invest in them and see what they're about. And I think I think this worked for that reason. Um, because he's really good at sitting back and letting the other wrestler cook yes. instead, yes. and not like interrupting him and just giving him time to just like shine. This this is the thing that I think he does that is genius, though. Um, he is very good at taking what is the internet's prevalent criticism of somebody mm-hmm. and putting it on a grand stage and letting his opponent sink or swim. Yeah. Um, he, he's done that a bunch of times. That was kind of the point I made with the Takeshita stuff mm-hmm. where he took that talking point and brought it to TV and showed people like, no, this guy is still over regardless if he speaks Japanese, regardless if he speaks English. And I do know that there are a lot of fans. If you did not watch new Japan, that think that Jay White is boring. Yep. And so I thought the fact that he brought that to this promo and presented it the way he did was very interesting. And seeing Jay White, BJ White, uh, the way I looked at it was it almost felt like um, Jay White was going to have a challenge on his hands if mm-hmm. he went to WWE. Yes. Because he was going to have to start over from scratch. Mm-hmm. And 
if you notice, that is something that MJF played with in this promo because he mm-hmm. said, if you strip away the fact that you were part of one of the hottest stables in the world, you had this and this and this, when you take all those things away, there is nothing to you. You're just boring. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't really had a chance to prove that he's wrong to mainstream fans, but I think some of the things he said in his promo were, were very, very interesting. There were some yeah. very interesting subtext there. Um, I thought the line of his entire segment that was like, mm, kind of got him, is when he said, uh, all elite wrestling championship isn't feeling very elite. Mm. And there are a few ways you can look at this. Um, you could see that as him saying that Max is not elite. Yep. But the other thing that you can see that as is, Jay White came here to wrestle the elite. Ideally, he came here to wrestle Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. You mm-hmm. are not Kenny Omega. You are just mm-hmm. a stand-in for him at the moment. Yeah. And I thought that that was one of the best stingers from this promo. That's bars. And I was just like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is this <coughs> is this is the match. If if Cole is not available for the rest of this year, and you need a main event for Full Gear, this is the Got match. It. You got this, it. This segment sold me on the match. Um, and it does make me feel like we were getting a third Adam Cole match at some point. Yeah. Um, but this is a that great That probably would have been the full gear match, I'm assuming, if Adam Cole was okay. Yeah. This is this is a great alternative. And, boy, I'm going to throw a bold prediction out there. I think go. that Jay White is going to beat Max. Whoa. Whoa, I, whoa, whoa. Hold on a minute, Philip. I think that it makes a lot of sense for him to beat Max because – they're clearly still going forward with the Elite versus Bullet Club Gold. Correct. Um, you can see that this weekend because the oh, guns are still in the match. Okay, um, they're still, they're still moving forward with certain stuff. The fact that um, the Hung Bucks are now trios, belt, trios champions. You know who would make a good trio? Juice and the guns. Mm. Um, the fact that the guns, I think, my prediction is the guns are going to win on Sunday and they're going to get the title match against FDR. Um, oh. I, so there's they're clearly still moving forward with um, this feud between Bullet Club Gold and the Elite. And so I think the way to get Kenny into the world title match is by making it Jay White versus Kenny Omega. Aha. Not too bad of an idea. I see where you landed with it here. Um, I think this is honestly the perfect opportunity for Jay White. There was, of course, when he first came in, people had some thoughts and had some issues and they thought he should have been booked better, which is funny. It had only been like three weeks. I'm like, can anybody get time to do anything? But since then, he's cooked. He's one of the hottest heels in the company. This promo was exactly what I thought has been needed from Jay White because yes. Jay White's a great wrestler, get great character, great everything, but he's one of the best promos. And if you just let him go yeah. out there and cook, he's going to cook. And that's exactly what he did. And you kind of want to see what, because Collision and Dynamite are two different shows, presentation, yeah. everything. You want to see how he does on Dynamite. And he did exactly what he needed to do on Dynamite. And you need an opponent, a built-in opponent. It's funny when people say like the max line about if you strip all that away, there's nothing. It's like, I love when people say that it's like kind of like our hip hop debate. It's like, well, if you, uh, you can't include Lauren Hill because you can't include the Fuji's albums, but you like, but she was on those albums though. So you have to include them. Like we yeah. can say you can't, but you can. Like yeah. if you strip all that away from Jay White, he's nothing, but you can't strip it away. He was IWGP champion. He was one of the hottest hills and he was the hottest hill in New Japan. Yeah. Like that's all this stuff in like. So he's going to take that and be an immediate player. And it, it, 
it's perfect timing because now the fans in AEW believe because there's some when he came in they don't some people yeah. don't watch New Japan they don't know now they believe that this is somebody that could be somebody. Well, yeah, I, but I also think like the hardcore AEW fans that followed the elite from New Japan, um, they know Jay White and they, they know, might know they might know what makes Jay White special, yeah. but at the same time, they think that Kenny is the de facto um, leader of Bullet Club. They think that he was the greatest leader of Bullet Club. And I think that's what makes Jay White coming over to AEW in some way so interesting um, because this stuff with Omega has been bubbling under the surface for the longest. And Forever. the fact that we're finally getting here is great. Um, I think the fact that Max was the more popular guy in this, uh, in this segment was also very telling. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he is now a baby face doing all the stuff that he was doing as a heel, but now people are, are cheering for it. The fact <laughs> that he's doing all the sports entertainment stuff, getting people to chant the things, getting people to chant tofu. But again, that makes me think, what would have, what would Jay White have actually looked like in WWE? This was kind of a warped preview of what it would have looked like. Um, mm. And I think all of the um, inside baseball stuff that they did was very interesting. Um, I like the max line of him saying, uh, you're not a top guy. You're just somebody's idea of what a top guy looked like over there in Japan. I think that was a good line. Of course, mm. it was cap. Yeah, but, big cap. Big cap, but it was it was mm. a great line. Um, I really enjoyed the segment. I, I can understand people that felt like it was a little long, too. It's a um, max segment. Because it, it was a little <laughs> long, but I did enjoy it, so I was a little bit more forgiving of the length of it. See, the issue is, is Max had, like, by that point, we had seen the skit, the Adam Cole promo, and then this promo. It's like, all right, like, back to yeah. back to back. That's and a lot of Max. We, we, got a, we got a lot of talking on this episode in general. Yeah. We, we had all of the uh, Don stuff as well because we got right. that. We got that segment, and we got the stuff in Japan with him and Ibushi, which was absolutely nuts. I loved it. Hilarious. Hit him with a big big kettlebell. Yeah, him slapping him with the umbrella at some point was really funny (laughs) as well. Um, Ibushi wearing the Supreme jersey um, while he's training was also really funny to me for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, (laughs) is still wearing this massive leather jacket everywhere he goes. (laughs) It just never stops being funny to me. Um, But I mean, the other part about that segment as well, um, call me crazy, I like the direction they're going in with Sammy, man. I think making him heal was the right move. I Should have never the, been babyface. I agree. Um, I think the I think the Scarface aesthetic he's going with with his Tron and like the, and the, the floral shirts and the sunglasses, I think it works for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in for it. Um, People wanted to hate this guy. Anytime they were trying to make I'm like, off rip. There's something, some little factor about Sammy Guevara that people are never going to like. Anybody that flips and is cocky, has a hot wife, all this stuff, people are never going to like that. Lean in on the shit, man. He's just a natural heel to me. Uh, That's it. He's a natural heel. And that's good. It's pro wrestling. I think he's kind of built his career off of that. Yeah, he's he's a natural heel. And he was saying some stuff in that promo that was kind of true. I mean, when he said, uh, I didn't need Jericho to be a champion, bro. When he showed up at that press conference at the start of the company, he was a champion. Yep. Yep. Um, so two belts. Yes. Mm. So I look, I, I, I think that this is perfect for him. I think Don also is going to get him all of the heat. And so I'm here for it. I think it's great. Um, and then of course, of course, also, we also had to sit down with Darby and Christians. It was a lot of talking. Segments. Lot of talking. Like, we, we were short on matches this week on uh, dynamite, but I think mm-hmm. all of the talking segments, 
um, were good. Because I, I enjoyed the Darby and Christian stuff as well. I thought Darby, um, I thought Darby did really well. I think the great thing about Darby every time he does these things is he doesn't feel like a wrestling character. He feels like a real person. Mm -hmm. And so when he threw the water on his face and he was washing the makeup off when uh, Christian tried to tell him, like, nah, you hide behind this makeup. And he was like, you think I hide behind this makeup? And he splashed on his face. Mm -hmm. I think some people could have felt like that was over his hype and hokey, but I thought he sounded genuine. And I thought that yeah. made him feel like him saying to the audi audience, like, nah, I'm, I'm a real person. This stuff, like, this is part of the presentation, but mm -hmm. that doesn't define me. Yeah, I think that's kind of the best part about Darby's promos is what you're describing is it just seems real. It doesn't seem like they're like, go out there, be Darby Allen the wrestler and cough and drop somebody. It's always like, no, there's a real dude talking saying that it always feels like he's really giving it up. He's never like, you know, just out there doing a wrestling promo. It's like he involves his life. He involves things that you know are true and it just makes his character feels more grounded and human. I think that's why he's so fucking over, honestly. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel the same way about Darby. Like, um, he just feels like a real person. He doesn't feel yeah. like somebody that's playing a character, even though he does this, these ridiculous bumps. Even though he bumps. is a character. Yeah, he does these ridiculous bumps and these crazy stunts. Um, when he does the character stuff, it just feels so genuine. Um, When's Darby Allen going to be AEW World Champion? I feel like he's one of those guys. Eventually, he's going to be champion as well. Yeah. Just like I feel like Orange Cassidy would eventually be champion. Definitely. The, both uh, of those two, I can definitely see him as AEW World Champion one day. But, yeah, we did get some matches. Um, it wasn't all talking stuff. Uh, we got a fire triple threat match. Oh, my God. That triple threat Ooh. match was crazy. Ooh. I mean, wow. every, every time we get a chance to see Nick wrestle as a singles wrestler, he shows out. And. It looked like he wasn't even prepared to wrestle because, like, his shoes mm -hmm. didn't match. It looked yeah. like he just threw, like, some hodgepodge gear out there to, to go out there and wrestle. But this was this was fire, man. He came uh, to ready. It didn't look like he was ready, but he was ready. Brother came out there going on fire. I mean, Claudio, I think, we've talked about many times on this podcast, he's another one having a kind of re a career resurgence. It's yeah, like, he's, he's after WWE, you're like, we all knew, like, damn, as soon as this guy goes somewhere else and just be, is able to cook, he's going to cook. But I think, like, he's added in, like, extra promo work. He's added mm -hmm. in extra intensity. And he's just on fire right now. Yeah, this is definitely the most I've enjoyed Claudio as an all-around wrestler. Not just the mm -hmm. ring stuff, the character stuff. And I was a big fan of the bar. I, I really enjoyed them as, bar was as dope. a tag team. But this is the most I've enjoyed him as an all-around performer. Um, he was really good in this match, but... Man, Brian Cage kind of stole the show, man. Brian Cage, man. PWG, I'm telling you. I'm Brian telling Cage you. Brian Cage, was... we can say the same exact thing about Brian Cage. There was a while, his wife said something crazy. People were trying to get him <laughs> up out of here. He didn't let any of that phase him. And it, then, then there was some contract. Remember, there was some contract news for a while. And people yeah. were like, I don't know. And it, then, but was, off of that. It was shaky. Yeah, it was shaky for a little bit. But off the backs of that contract stuff, Everything since then, it's been like an extra added motivation or something. I don't know if it was because of money. I don't know what was going on. But in the last five, six, seven months, he Brian been, Cage has hit every single time. He's been showing up, man. 
Um, and he, I feel like he kind of stole the show in this match, man. He did. The, he he hit. This was big, catered to him pretty much, you know. Yeah, he he hit some big. He was in there with a lot of with the smaller guys. It's, it sounds crazy to call Claudio a smaller guy, but smaller <laughs> and compared to Brian Cage. Um, but uh, he was in there and he's throwing these guys around like the the spots off the top ropes where he's catching guys and just flinging them into su- to suplexes or his that, fucking from the apron suplex, the superplex that he does. The one on Claudio. Audio like a, all vertical. Crazy, I'm like, man. bro, what are y'all doing in there? Crazy. The 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 catch he did into like the F5. Like, oh yeah, just was... like a seamless transition of here, here, here. Like, yo, y'all yeah. are cooking. Nick Jackson. I mean, we talked a little bit about him, but the way that he strings together spots is crazy. The way that yeah. he'll connect his moves from one move to the next, and the way that he, I mean. We all know that the Young Bucks high fly, but the way that he flies and it seems so effortlessly, there's a lot of luchadors that, that, that are like this, but Nick Jackson, when he'll do like a corkscrew moonsault and then just land on his feet and then he's just moving on to the next spot already. It's like, bro, this is crazy. Yeah. All those elements together, man, they really made a banger. I was hoping that it was going to be Jeff Jarrett that they were going to face. I'm trolling. Totally trolling. How did you Jeff, feel about Jeff Jarrett and uh, Phoenix, though? <laughs> Jeff Jarrett opened the show. Um, that was definitely one of those. When I saw that announcement, I was like, "What is this, man?" Um, Are you but sure? <laughs> as much as every time I see one of these graphics, I'm just like, "How does this guy keep getting title matches?" Like, this guy is constantly on TV. Every time I'm sitting watching a match, I'm like, "Yo." Jared's good at this, man. Like he's good at he's good at getting the heat. He's good at working to his strengths and making the other guy look good. Um, That's one thing you cannot take away from Double he's good J. Good at this, man. <laughs> he's going to have heat in his matches, yes. even if you're like, yeah. What was it? was that double or nothing? Where we were like, what's this Jeff Jarrett shit? But somehow this motherfucker will put it together. I don't know what it is. I mean, I know what it is. He's fucking Jeff Jarrett, the ultimate finesser. But every single one of his matches, even the if other we're going. Guy. <laughs> the impact wrestler shout out to cb but anytime even if before the show we're like why is jeff jarrett on this his matches have heat every time yeah so that's why I, I enjoyed the opener for what it was jared is jared is jared and he will he manages the phoenix to... made he have the craziest finish he's ever had where he looked like he destroyed phoenix next i loved it yeah next I, I i enjoyed it um yeah the, the other match we got was the four-way um, wasn't as big on the four way as I was as, as a triple threat. It was a fun match. Um, uh, I think it was the right outcome. Uh, but yeah, I I think uh the the biggest highlight of the show outside of the Cole and Adam stuff or the Cole and Jay White stuff, sorry, the Max and Jay White stuff, um, was the main event. I thought mm-hmm. the main event segment was really really good yeah and i asked somebody that has been saying for the longest like you know swerve that guy push swerve this uh this was it man this was this was great this feels it continues to feel like you know he's having these moments where he arrived and i'm just like like every time he does something like this that feels big i'm like he's arrived but i'm like no he's already arrived he's he already arrived, arrived. Yeah. he arrived a long time ago and it's just totally. like we're just having breakout moment after breakout moment on top of it and it's not even a breakout moment anymore cuz this guy's him it's just he, the moment just happened again i think the difference is it's like swerve is so great in the ring and we all know that but everything he's been doing a bunch of like extra like character work and promo work and 
the theme and Nana, like all the extracurriculars that go add on to him being a great wrestler, I think is what makes it even better. So it's like, I mean, like we think about to the first forbidden door, like that match him and Keith Lee had like, he was there, like he's had so many moments, but now it feels like top guy status. I think that the added Adam uh, page being there and everything that he's saying in the promo, it seems real. So it's making it seem even better. I'm like, yo, this is cooking enough for nothing. Adam page is also playing a, an amazing role, an amazing photo to swerve. Happy birthday to swerve too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday to swerve. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think swerve is, uh, turning out to be one of the top hills in this industry. He said it. Uh, I think he's one. Of, he's one. He, <laughs> he said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And then he did it. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's turning into one of the top hills in this industry. Um, his heel work is really good from coming out. I remember and, we got yelled at a couple of times for saying somebody else's best heel. And he was like, what's up? And then, he did it. Yeah. My bad, Swerve. I'm, I'm um, I was reminded again this week that he sees everything. Uh, <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote an article. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw that tweet. That, I forgot. That I did not even, I did not post anywhere. You didn't and, post it. And I, because I had, I had forgot. I, I, because I, like, you know, a lot of times I put these things in early in the morning and I get to doing other things and I mean to go back and retweet it. Um, but, yeah, he he posted the screen. Nah, I L'd out, LOL'd when I was like, I wonder who wrote this, and then I zoom in and it says Philip Lindsay. I was like, I am out of here. Bro. Yeah, no, I, did, I I I chuckled pretty good at that. Uh, but no, I, I look, man, he's uh he is he is who he is, man. He is he is one of the top heels in this industry at the moment. I think this stuff with uh, Paige is proving that. I think the stuff with Darby and Nick Wayne will prove that as well. Yeah. Like I don't think he has anything else to prove in that category. No, he's, he's ready mo- and he's a top guy now. Yeah, he's been one of the most consistent guys on Dynamite in my opinion for the last few months. Um I think that uh he's ready. He's ready to move on and I think he's going to win this week. I mean, I I think he's going to win on Sunday, but I kind of think he has to win cuz I think Yeah. I think I think Hangman is Teflon. He doesn't yes. he can lose here and still be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you want to show people that Swerve is ready to be pushed as a top guy, I think he needs to win. Yeah, uh, because in a in a match like this, it's like if Swerve keeps saying that he belongs and then Page Hangman beats him, that shows that he doesn't belong. You have to show that he belongs. You know what I mean? You have to show yeah, that I mean, he can win when he gets up there to being in the top. I mean, you can tell a story that shows that he belongs, even if he loses. Even yeah. if this is like a banger match and he like and like Page ekes out a win, it still drives that point home. But I still think that Swerve should win. I, yeah. But I, I think that this is going to be a multi-match feud. I think. I don't think we're done with this feud after um, Wrestle Dream, um, yeah. but I'm excited but, about this match, man. This ma- the match, you know, beyond all the the amazing promos and segments we got. When we get to the match, that shit's yeah. gonna be crazy. Yeah, I think they've done the right thing with this by um, not doing any tag matches or anything before this. Um, keeping they them haven't away. really beat beaten yeah. each other up this whole time. Keeping them away from each other, not letting them touch. I think that that's smart. I think all of the heel work that uh, Swerve is doing here from stopping Nana from doing the dance on the way out um, to some of the one-liners he had in this uh, segment. By the way, one of my favorite contract signings. Um, I don't I don't think that that's hyperbole. This is one of my favorite contract signings. Cause really good stuff. I thought that their back and forth was really good. I thought a lot of Swerve's lines were really good. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, and I'm glad they got the main event spot. 
Um, because we don't have a world title match this weekend, so why nope. not give this uh, the main event spot? This is one of the better stories going in. Um, unfortunately, like Max is gonna have to uh, run this thing alone, and it's gonna be a hangman. It's gonna be a sorry, not hangman, but a uh, handicap match mm-hmm. um, this weekend. So it makes sense. It makes sense to go with these two guys as uh, the main event. Right, especially because it's going to be in Seattle, Swerve's home. Like, there's a lot to uh, to to invest in. I mean, there's also the thing of people saying that Darby said on Darby said that his match was going to be the main event, and that's leading people to believe that on this day we're going to see clearly. Yeah, and I mean, we'll we'll get into that when we get into the card. But <laughs> I I do think um, it, it, whether that matches the main event, I'm glad that Swerve and Hangman got the main event segment. Same here. I, and I I'm think, glad that they keep giving it. Swerve the opportunity to, to talk more because he's getting more comfortable. He's he's really good at promos, but just letting him be out in front of the crowd, in front yeah. of millions of people, has been very beneficial for him. Yeah, and I mean, you got to give Hang you got to give Hangman his flowers too. I think Hangman Hangman's awesome. Hangman's been doing some great babyface stuff in this feud. I think that he has never stepped on any of Swerve's moments. Right. Um, the, the thing that I paid attention to this week, um, if you were one of those fans that did not like Swerve saying he wanted to be the first um, black AEW world champion. Then you're a hater. The fact that Hangman was the one that reiterated in this promo tells you that Hangman is on board with that. And even yep. Hangman, when he said it, he was not in approval. I I those type of moments from Hangman just shows mm-hmm. you what kind of guy Hangman is. Love and him. he he knows he 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 knows his part to play in his company. And that's all, another reason why I don't feel like he would go into this like I have to win and he would not understand the moment. And, yeah, totally. And, so he he's mm-hmm. just not that guy. He like this is the guy that did like the workers right promo. It, it, yeah. it would be wild to think of him backstage politicking like I got to win this match. <laughs> like, I, I just mean... can't see him doing that. Um, but but <laughs> We did get some interesting stuff. We did get some interesting stuff in this promo because he did uh, say that there was a dark cloud over him for a year and a half. Um, and, That's what I was getting to. Um, <laughs> you know, what could he have possibly been talking about? I'm he was sure. shooting, shooting, shooting on TV, of course. So you know, but I don't think it was totally him shooting. I, I, I think the punk stuff was a big part I'm of. Not it. gonna get you back into this. <laughs> no, no, no. So I think the punk stuff was a big part of this, of course. Um, I think that that's the elephant in the room. But I think the story of this also is that he's had this dark cloud above him since he lost the AEW World Championship because that was his dream. And once he got to the top of the mountain, he realized that it changed him. And ever since that moment of um, possibly cheating to win that match at Double or Nothing against CM Punk and changing his mind and feeling like he failed and never getting back to that moment in a year and a half. I think that's also what he meant by there was a dark cloud, but of course, you know, it's also some of the punk stuff is intermingled. In there. <laughs> that's uh, what he meant, Phil. He was talking about Phil <laughs> specifically, uh, but yeah, I, I think that there, there's good story stuff that he's doing there as well. I yeah. think that there is the lore. If you want it there, there's plenty of hangman lore um, yeah. in that promo. If you are paying attention to I it, I think that makes it, it makes Swerve's shit even, even stronger of hangman being like i mean he's kind of right <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean uh, yeah and, yeah and i i did uh i did russell purist's podcast on thursday and shout out to charlie she did mention she was like if you guys aren't ready hangman is going to turn heel by next year and when she said it and i really paid attention to a lot of things he said in his promo i was like i can see it mm. it mm. makes sense yeah um, but 
you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't think about it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely see it with all. The yeah, because I could see them going back and being like and taking certain moments and being like, this is hill shit right here. And yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I I, mm. I think it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I pretty good episode of Dynamite. I liked it. I thought ended on a really, really good cliffhanger. Strong note. Because uh, I mean, again, I think the AW has bounced back really well. Um. And I think that uh, taking this moment and pivoting and giving us a cliffhanger that has now been the most talked about thing from the show. Right. When there had been months where everybody was talking about the backstage stuff and all this mm-hmm. stuff that's not on TV. And now you've got everybody and invested. 30-second clip, Phil. They got it yes. with 30 seconds. Yes. Um, so, of course, if, if you were not watching this, uh, for context, uh, uh, right after the main event segment with Swerve and Hangman, uh, we ended up we ended on a beatdown section where there were four masked men beating down on Jay White, and they were led by someone wearing MJF's devil mask. And I say someone wearing his mask because it did not look like MJF. Mm-hmm. It was a much more slender guy. Um, I don't think it was MJF. Um, I, I'm i not sure who it is, uh, but... Um, Based on all the clues we got, there's some speculation, brother. Everybody knows getting their little yeah. answers in. Based on all the clues we got on Wednesday, that if you connect all the dots, it sure seems like it's Adam Cole, because um, you can look at several things. Um, during the fishing segment, um, what started the back and forth between him and Max is Max was asking him, "Why were you on the phone so long with Roddy?" That was the first thing that laid the groundwork that he's plotting something with Roddy behind his back. And the other part of it that Adam Cole has been doing since day one, when he pulled that ring out, he already knew what he was going to, he was doing it. He, he's been one step ahead of him every, yep. he hasn't gotten one time off he's, that he's, Adam Cole didn't catch him. He's never tried to do something behind his back. And Adam did not know about it. That was the other hint that I looked at. But then also, if you noticed after he left the ring, when Roddy and the Kingdom were at the top of the ring, Roddy was yelling his name, and he was like, "Yeah, come in the back. I got to talk to you about something." Mm. And of course, the next time we see four figures together, they beat him on Jay yeah. White. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other hint, of course, is that the Devil Mask was behind Adam Cole and the Visual after they had won the titles at All In. Mm. Um, there's also the hint even in the righteous segment where they had all of the paper dolls and Adam paper doll called him a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the hints seem to point to Adam Cole. There's also the fact that not just who would try to stand up on behalf of uh, MJF to beat up Jay White after that segment, who would have the most gain to have to want revenge on Jay White. I don't know the guy that turned on him in the lead up to forbidden door. Right. Last year, yeah. and the guy that was in the match where he got a concussion and he was off TV for a year. Mm-hmm. So all of those hints point to Adam Cole. It sure seems like it's Adam Cole. Um, if you're looking at a Slender Man, there's also the fact that when the camera showed the guy wearing the devil mask, it did not show his lower half. Nope. All of the clues point to Adam mm-hmm. Cole. Um, so I'm not sure if as for the four guys could easily be... Uh, it could easily be the kingdom and Roddy. One of the guys standing up against the world sure looked like he had a 
a neck uh, brace, a neck brace under his uh, turtleneck. Uh, yeah, because I mean, um, if this plan, if they've had this angle mapped out for weeks, I'm sure the Adam Cole injury didn't play into it. So that's yeah. gonna, you know, what I mean, like that might have something to do with it. It could be a mystery for a little bit. They could stretch it out. So it's yeah. gonna be interesting to see what they do here. But I do love that it was a cliffhanger. I think I that. The best thing about mon- the Monday Night Wars is like there used to be cliffhangers. It used to be like Raw is over and I cannot wait to see what happened next week or SmackDown or whatever because this cliffhanger. There's not enough cliffhangers anymore, so I love that they left that. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's also very. It leaves it very open ended because, of course, another guy that likes to wear masks that you know Jay White just pissed off on Collision was Andrade. So this mm-hmm. could also be Andrade and LFI. Um, as well, but also that did not look like Andrade. Cause that definitely didn't look like Andrade. Andrade is a much bigger guy. Um, which, by the way, I thought I thought this last week's episode of Collision was the best episode of Collision. Oh, that was so, fire! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed Collision last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's reason to believe that it could be LFI. There's other suspects you can throw in there. Um, the funny. <laughs> The funny, absurd uh, thought that I saw through in there that, of course, is completely implausible. <laughs> Absolutely implausible. Could not possibly be him. Is, of course, who was the guy that he debuted the devil mask on? You won Charles Montgomery Punk? <laughs> you wildin'. <laughs> it's absolutely not Punk, but I thought about that right away and I was like, Oh yeah, it, it he did debut that mask oh, on this punk. This guy is wild. But there's no way it's punk. It's absolutely no way. Um, I thought about that right away though. It's like slender guy has a reason to have a, 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 a has a beef with Jay White and MJF. Could you fucking imagine? That would be that would be that would be hilarious. But it's not, of course, not CM Punk. Um, yeah, other options like. This could be anybody, man. Like this could be, um, maybe it's Roddy. Um, I don't know. Could actually be MJF. Nobody knows. Too. I don't think. I don't think that it's MJF. But like I said, all of the hints, like I said, prove to Jay, point to Adam Cole. But the fact that all of the hints point to Adam Cole could be that it's not Adam Cole. Could yeah. that? It might be too obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, could be but, somebody we don't even know. It could be a new guy that's debuting. I don't know. Um, another, Ali did lead retribution before. <laughs> uh, another theory. Uh, another theory that I saw out there that would be very interesting. Somebody else that might have some beef with uh, with Bullet Club and have some beef with MJF that hasn't been on TV is one Jack Perry. Aha! Uh-huh. He's a smaller guy, um, and he also has a connection to MJF from the Pillar stuff. Um, he makes a lot of sense now. Who would the other four guys be? I don't know. But I also really kind of like the idea of it being Jack. There's mm-hmm. there's reason for it to be Jack. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking he should join Bullet Club still, though. I don't know. I'm um, still on that line. Another one that somebody just put in the chat that I also saw that would be interesting because it was Retribution-esque. Staff Ali. Mm-hmm. He's not free to. I don't think he's free to wrestle anywhere else. Yet. Not I'm immediate. Not sure. I'm not sure what his uh, non compete clause is, but 
also an interesting idea that okay i got one the the beat down was fake that actually was the bullet club and jay white's pulling the trick over everybody i could see that as well um mm. i could very much see that uh this is another guy that's joining bullet club that's yeah. wearing the mask right and I could see this all being a ploy on Jay White's side mm-hmm. um, to... Uh, That's what's great about this story. It could be any of this. <laughs> I've, I've also seen people say that that could have been Finlay and that could have been the, true. the, the war true, dogs. True. Yeah. Um, right. Because so, they're over here doing this Bullet Club Gold shit yeah. and y'all... Yeah, I mean, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would also, of course, tie to, to Wrestle Dream and like the um connection to new japan so that right. makes sense um yeah there's plenty of options here i think it's really exciting to speculate about this um mm-hmm. i think some of the some of the um fantasy booking already is kind of cool mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know who it is but you know yeah, i, 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 I want to be no surprised idea. i want to see who it is and um i'm in i mm-hmm. i am very much invested at this point same i think it was a good angle especially at the end of the show yeah uh, grab some humper chats. I think if yeah, we small, got a couple soupies too. <laughs> um, I guess we get it to the super chats while it's refreshing. Uh, Trav uh, THC says a next strong surprise is wild from Van Twinblade. A next strong surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris says, do you think the way Tony does give? doesn't get much time to the oh do you think the time the way that tony doesn't give much time to the women make the women want to leave AEW and go to wwe do you think the way that tony Khan books the women make them want to go to wwe um i could see people's frustrations with it yeah um i i can see i can see if someone felt like the grass was greener on the other side that that could Mm -hmm. be part of their frustrations totally Um, because I do think you, you can see, uh, like, even let's just say, for example, with the TBS title picture right now, I think the fact that they're not really booking stories for, for Statlander is kind of alarming. I mean, yeah, you can say that their story to the match was Julia, but it's very bare bones. Um, mm-hmm. They haven't really given them the time to build this story on TV. They don't really give them in-ring promos. I think the stuff that Brody did on Saturday for Julia was good, but why can't you just let Julia say that? Why can't you? Right. Let, <laughs> why can't you let these two women get in a ring and do what Jay White and Max just did? You don't let mm-hmm. the women do that enough. You don't let them no. build their stories in the same way. And I can see people getting frustrated with that. Now, I don't yeah. know if that means that's going to force people to leave, but again, I I can see the frustration. Because I mean, even even with the Sheeta stuff this week, I thought Sheeta versus Ruby was a really good match. Um, mm-hmm. Sheeta hasn't missed in the main event when she no. had that opportunity. Um, and I thought Ruby was really good in this as well. But um, they're not really emphasizing any story stuff between Saray and Sheeta. It's just like, all right, let's get to the match. And I'm fine with that. The match is cool. But I do think that that's still one of those missing um, ingredients with the women that they've got to fix. Totally. Agreed. Uh, Coy Stallings says, enjoyed you on Russell Purist. Love your insight. Did you get to see MJF interview with Ibu? Do y'all think MJF secretly resigned all resigned already? Yeah, I appreciate that. I did not see the interview. I saw that they uh, put up the 
the uh, teaser for it. That's dope. Um, I'm, I'm forget all the stuff I said earlier about rooting for black people. I am secretly hating on Ibu. Um, boo, hiss, hiss. Not just playing. Maxwell, <laughs> Jacob Friedman. I don't know why you keep ducking us, bro. Definitely ducking you, boys. What's uh, up, man? Why you ducking us, Max? Yeah, but no, that's great for them. I have not no, seen the interview. Ibu's dope. Seen, I haven't seen an interview yet, but I'm going to check it out. Um, I would not be surprised if he's resigned. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised one bit. And if you, if I were to put FanDuel money on it, I'm saying that he already put ink to that paper. But, you know, things could be things. Uh, Chris also says, what do you think of Be- Becky versus Tiffany Stratton for the main event tonight? NXT, no mercy in Bakersfield. That just sounds wild still. Every time I say it, I'm like, what, dude? Yeah, I I think um I think it's the right call because Becky's a massive star. She brought popped a big number for them, so it makes sense for her to get the main event. Um, I mean, is that a good segue for us to go run down this card right quick? Yeah, let's do that. As it is tonight. Mm-hmm. Here, let me get it in front of me. But uh, looks like an interesting show. Um, but yeah, I I I definitely agree with them getting the main event. I think Becky is Becky. Yeah. And nobody else on that card is um, the caliber of star she is. So it makes sense for her to get that spot. Yeah, I um, think with that rating that she did a few weeks ago, this is like, duh. Of course, she's going to be in the main event. She's a big star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want more eyes on NXT, and this is the way to get it. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So uh, let's see. On the pre-show, we got uh, Blair Davenport versus uh, Kalani Jordan. Uh, then we have Noam Dar um, going <laughs> up against... Um, Butch with Tyler Bate in his corner. It's going to be a British Round Rules match for the NXT Heritage Cup. Um, I think that's going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the matches for the Heritage Cup have been really good. Um, whether and the, he's still Butch even in NXT too. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I thought those invitational matches were great. Um, Butch is Butch. He's going to have good matches, and mm-hmm. I think Noam Dar is is insanely underrated. Um, you like this I new Matrix shit or whatever they what I don't are they called? Really, I don't really understand this gimmick that he's doing, but you know, I think what is it is... called for Matrix the, for real or some shit? The the metaphor or whatever. They're doing. <laughs> so corny, but super corny. So so corny, but um, I think the match will be fun. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, um, they're both great wrestlers. Gnomes uh, beyond the fucking shenanigans is really good. Yeah, um, we've got the family, which is uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax versus uh, the new tag team of. Uh, OTM, which is uh, the the scripts joint where they had to. Oh out. yeah, the the so. dice plan, big uh, big niggas. Yeah, yeah. You. OTM out out the mud. That's what it stands for. Okay, uh-huh. I like so, that. That's a dope so, name. So Tony D'Angelo and Stax versus OTM versus the Creed Brothers versus uh, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. Oh shit, that's a packed match for the NXT Tag Team Championship. I think that could be a fun match. Um, I don't know who to predict is going to win that match, but there's a lot of talent in that match. So, Are the champions uh, stacks and Yeah, I, th- yeah. I feel like they're going to retain. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. I, well. I, I don't think they're done with uh, the Tony D'Angelo and Stax uh, run. Right. Uh, but I do think that's going to be a fun tag match. Um, yeah. We've also got Brian Breaker versus Baron Corbin uh, in a singles match. I think that... Uh, Oh, this really? stuff. I th- I think the move to NXT has been good for Baron. Um, I think the heel turn has been good for Braun as well. Braun. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I I I'm here for it. I think this is gonna be cool. Um, 
I think Braun is winning this. Uh, yeah. Obviously. I like Braun talking a shit this week, too, saying that his spear is better than Roman. I fucks with him. I, I, yeah. I'm yeah. here for it. I'm always here for some shit talking. So mm-hmm. I was here for it. Um, But, yeah, I think Braun's going to win that match. Yeah. Um, should be what it is. Uh, mm. Got Big Dirty Dom <laughs> going up against Trick Williams in a match uh, that was supposed to be uh, Ali's match for the North American Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Trick Williams is a good replacement. Um, he's really, really popular with the NXT fan base. Um, so he makes sense as a replacement. I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't Dragon Lee. But yeah, Dragon... I was going to say, what's up with Dragon Lee? He's been pretty hot on WWE TV this week, hasn't he? Yeah, and he had a fire max on Raw. Um, I thought I thought he looked great. So I was kind of surprised they weren't just going to run that back at the pay-per-view. But um, I think this also makes sense because it's a fresh matchup and it gives Trick an opportunity on the card. I also think they're going to do some storyline stuff with Trick and Melo at the show as well. So it yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dom is going to retain. Um, yeah, I can't see Trick beating him at this point. No. I, Dom's I think... pretty hot. Yeah, I think Dom is going to retain, but I do think the trick is going to continue to show people why why uh, they're so high on him down at NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we got the championship match, which is Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov. Uh, their match, their last match was really, really good, so I'm mm-hmm. very much looking forward to this one. I think this is going to be the match of the night, um, and I think Dragunov is going to win. You think uh, he's going to be the NXT champion at the end of the night? I, I just think the way that they're telling the story that um, Trick He's the rematch king, too. Yeah, Trick being there kind of gave uh, Melo the edge the first time. But I think now that Trick's not there, um, Melo's going to lose. And that's going to further the dissension between him and Trick. Um, and I just think Dragunov is just on a special run right He's now. He's on fire right now. You, you got to put the belt on him, man. Yeah. He's just too good. Uh, yeah, so is. I think Dragunov is winning here. Uh, He's a but, special talent. But yeah, but of course, as we said, the main event will be Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton in an Extreme Rules match for the NXT Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to this one as well. I enjoyed their TV match. Um, they going to give it back to Strat, you think? No, nah, I think Becky's winning. Yeah? I, I think Becky is going to retain because I think there's still stuff you can do with Becky as champion. Um, and I think that those numbers are... Those numbers. Those numbers are too enticing, man. <laughs> you put all, almost 900 for NXT? Yeah, no. Yeah, Get Becky the belt. Bring her back. <laughs> those numbers are too enticing. I think that it's too enticing to possibly do the Jade match or do some other matches right? Um, with other main roster um, women. Um, I think Becky's going to retain. Yeah, I can see that. Good show. I'm excited about it. That's going to be a really good right. NXT right. show. You pulling up this weekend for that? No, I'm not. I'm going <laughs> no. to Seattle tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wait, I thought you were going to Bakersfield today. Real graps, baby. I said no so I could go to Seattle instead. <laughs> go to hot-ass Bakersfield? Honestly, it's just because gas is so expensive. Gas is $6 again. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I can't afford this. It's cheaper to fly on a plane than it is to drive somewhere. So, Yeah, uh, do you think... Uh... <laughs> Do you think Jade makes an appearance tonight? Like I said, I think I could see her doing that sit in the crowd gimmick where they say, you know, the UFC style. Jade Cargill's here. She's our new exciting, and she could be the one. Even I think they could do that without her going to NXT. Because I honestly don't really think she should go to NXT. I think they 
they could get some life out of it. They it would be a great win over her. But like, yo, with y'all doing this, man, just send her to the main roster, bro. Yeah, but see, I think if she did go there, I think that she would appear on both shows. I think if she, I see. On, well, I guess the the the, the way that uh, they're doing NXT now is different. So yeah, that makes sense. I don't think she's gonna just be on NXT if she goes down there. And mm-hmm. you know this company; they're big on the accolades. I think starting out and giving her the uh, NXT championship is kind right. of in their wheelhouse as well. Yeah, um, so right. I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up tonight. Uh, but I mm-hmm. I kind of feel like her first appearance will be on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But so you yeah. don't think she's gonna be there tonight? No, I wouldn't okay. be surprised, but I don't think she's going to. I can be in Baker Oh shit, me neither. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think I think the first time she shows up, it's gonna be in front of a big crowd. Um, there in San Jose on Monday, I think. Maybe California. I won't be there. Maybe. Uh, I just seen a hilarious tweet. Crescent stars in our chat right now. She's telling us she just woke up. For all of those people that are like, why isn't she our permanent? Exactly. Host? She wouldn't even have made it to the show today. She just woke up. We're at the end of the show. Oh, man. Shout out to Cresta, man. I Man, Great it was times. really cool to see people uh, embrace Cresta last week, man. Um, she was a lot of fun to have the show with. So, Just like I said, I knew it. I knew it. I'll get, get, let you guys a little bit behind the scenes. When Phil and I, when Will gave us the news a few months ago, and I thought, like, there's a come up. If we're going to do a replacement, there's like a short list of people. Cresta was 100% on that list because I knew the type of energy that she would bring. And she brought it exactly to the show last week. So everybody being supportive and following her and saying that they loved her. It's great. Thank you guys. Yeah. 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 Big shout out to Cresta. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it for that card. Um, Mm -hmm. We got any more super chats left? Yeah. We got a couple more super chats. Uh, Koi Stalling says, that's why we love Eddie so much. So much same with Darby, the most real wrestlers today. You can relate to them. Loves Eddie because, you know, it feels real, honestly. Mm-hmm. And Koi also says, uh, is Rampage back to the ladies killed it last night? I feel like the women's division about to go stupid for some reason. Call me optimistic, I guess. Think you're optimistic, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see it. I mean, look, it, and the problem is usually not to match us. I think no. um, they're good for giving us some good matches here and they're like, I even enjoyed um, the match we got from Dynamite. I thought Willow and Julia had a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I, that was good. I I did not want to see Willow lose, of course, but I thought it was a good competitive match. Right. Uh, Will Chisholm says, I don't know why, but when I saw OTM shooting dice, it popped me. Sadly, that happened when I was in high school after basketball practice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's happening in all kind of places where I was. Uh, well, Chisholm also says our last super chat of the day. Becky pulled a big number, and EO versus Asuka hit a big number last week. Plus, Jade versus Chris did good too. Yeah, the women are cooking. They're they're pulling off numbers and they're executing when they're giving the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we have any more Humper chats before we hop into this Wrestle Dream card and get up out of here. Mm hmm. Uh,. Okay, we got one more from Bizarro Big L. He says, "Here's what it, what bugs me about Adam Cole injury. Usually, when you break it, break an in, uh, usually when you break an ankle or a hand, you only use a soft cast until they can give you an air cast or wrap a plaster one. Um, that, along with how smooth the segment got set up, uh, it's setting it's setting off my senses for show. Um, yeah, a lot of people definitely think this is a work. Um, oh. uh, that this injury is fake." Um, I've seen other people 
throw out other theories as to why they think um, it'll work. Um, I've seen people saying that uh, when he first got injured, he was favoring his right foot, but he had his left foot wrapped. Um, I don't know. It could it it could possibly be a work, but I think the fact that um, the thing that makes me feel like it's not a work is that um, you got this righteous match Sunday, right? So. In what possible way is it smart to do a work where you leave your champion in a spot where he might have to be pinned yeah, by the righteous on Sunday? Yeah, that, that doesn't does make it. sense as a work. Um, <laughs> that does it. Like, and I mean, for them to go again, for Britt Baker to show the 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 X rays and all this, for them to basically say like he needs surgery. He said he needs surgery, and that's also been confirmed in another report about it that he's going to get surgery for this. Um, I don't think it's a work, guys. Yeah, I don't think so. I wouldn't think so either. But, I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, yeah, you know, if we're back to that style of wrestling and, you know, we're back to that kind of kayfabe. We're working everybody, brother. Cool, but I, I don't think that it's a work. Um, no. I, I think that he's legitimately injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't see any other Humper chat, so mm-hmm. let's pull up this Wrestle Dream card and wrap this thing up. Tomorrow, Seattle. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, very. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people they were getting upset at a certain tweet that I saw. I just thought about. <laughs> Who tweeted uh, it? I, I can't. Don't don't try and get me in trouble. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm like, who tweeted about it though? <laughs> I, I can't do it. Leave just me alone. give me a hint. Uh, let's see. So, uh, here, I got the Russell Dream card. <laughs> um, yeah, this looks like a good show so far, uh, based on, um, based on, uh, what we've seen. Uh, they keep pulling these cards out of nowhere and getting us, uh, getting it out there at the last minute. Yep. And, uh, cards have been delivering, so. They did it. Um, but, uh, let's see. So, um, on the zero hour, we're getting the acclaimed versus uh, TMDK. Um, <laughs> TMDK in a uh, AEW trio championship match. They announced that on Rampage. Yes. Hmm. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I got distracted because somebody was trying to call me while I was looking down uh, at the card, and then like I was trying to read their text what that popped up while I was also <laughs> trying to read this, so I was multitasking. Um, yeah, it's it just my sister trying to check up on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, also on Zero Hour, we're getting Luchasaurus versus Nick Wayne. Um, I thought oh. the Luch- I thought the Luchasaurus stuff on Collision was very good. Him looking a little bit down after uh, Christian stole his title away, mm-hmm. and he, for whatever reason, didn't want to raise up on him, and so he just accepted it. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to take that Lucha, bro. Nah, you don't have to accept it. You, you don't. don't have to, you can you beat his ass. Take, You're bigger than him. You're bigger than him, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Come on, man. What what uh what Graham called him the time a Dino Cuz? Come on, Dino Cuz. <laughs> Come on, Dino Cuz. <laughs> uh, but yeah, into the main card. Yeah, we have got uh, a lot of matches. More matches than yeah. I thought. We have ten matches on this card. Damn. Um, yeah. Uh. Of course, the you know biggest talking point for a lot of people, MJF will be taking on the righteous Vincent and Dutch. Vincent will be snapping down the ring, mm-hmm. um, and it will be a handicap. I am back and forth on this because 
I don't know how you can have Max win this match and not bury this tag team. You can't. Um, you can't. I so I feel like and there, and how much longer can you prolong this if if Cole is going to be out? How much more longer? Much longer can you keep those belts with Max? So the I, issue is is how many losses does Max have and. He hasn't had a loss in a long time, and he loses yeah. to the righteous on this show. Yeah, but see, this is why I'm back and forth because I don't think that they're gonna. I I don't see the righteous pinning him. But, but he also, shouldn't beat them though. You shouldn't have I, one guy. I hate not, when one guy beats a tag. He should team. not beat a, a tag. And you got Dutch on the other side. He's huge. That would vary yeah, him. Yeah, I I I don't like the idea of him beating them. Um. I think there's going to be shenanigans galore in this match. I would not be surprised if the cliffhanger from Friday was to set up somebody interfering in this match yeah, and helping the righteous beat Max. Um, but that visual of the righteous pinning Max is wild. Um, that, that, that's wild. This man has not lost a match. I'm saying. In months. I'm in this, saying. The match. I. What do you do, Phil? What do I, you do? I, I a don't. Schmaz, a shitty finish? You can't. I, I don't know how they're going to book Double their way DQ out of, or something? Ugh. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to book, book their way out of this, but uh, I don't know. Tentatively excited for to see what storyline stuff they're going to do with this. Um, right. I, I And I, I like the Righteous. I think Me that too. They're, I think That's why you shouldn't beat them. I think they're a good tag team. Um, I think that they're... And I think they're getting over as well, so that's another reason why I'm like, I don't want to mm. see them lose to mm. just Max. That would you be can't. crazy. You can't. Um, uh, yikes. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Christian Cage versus Darby Allen in a two out of three falls match for the AEW TNT Championship. I think that Darby is possibly going to win here. Um, I think that they're setting it up this way, but I also think... Um, the story is stuff that, that they're setting up here is that, um, of course, Christian Cage agreed to not bring Luchasaurus out there. And he's just like, I don't need Luchasaurus to beat you, which, and, which you know, implies that Christian can beat him by himself. But it also or, implies that somebody else is going to come out to help him win, which could be... And who would do that? Which could be one Adam Copeland. Um, so... And, you know, all of this stuff leads to that. The fact that Edge was taken out of the intro for SmackDown on Friday night. The fact that all of the language that we're hearing in these reports about Edge's potential exit sound very similar to the language around Jay's potential exit. Yep. So I definitely think that if Edge does not show up to this weekend, he's going to show up eventually. Yeah. Um, so could be this could lead to... Edge showing up to help Christian Cage um, win this match. And, of course, all the story potential there is great because that could lead to Edge and Christian um, going up against Darby and Sting. It can lead to other matches. Um, Yeah. I'm excited about this. I think that Christian's going to win, though. Yeah, I think – now that I think about it, I rescind my prediction. I think that Edge is going to show up and he's going to help Christian Cage win this match. Mm -hmm. Um, But – no, you got to team him up. I was going to say, do you bring Edge in as a baby face? Because he's going to get a big pop. Yeah, I... Because he's going to get booed if he beats up Dark. He's not going to get booed no matter what. But he could potentially I, get booed in Seattle. But I, I don't do, know. I think he gets booed if he helps Darby 
Uh, he helps Christian beat Donald. I don't I think know, he, I think man. He, he is I, I think the, like Ruby. Yeah, but I also that's think a surprise, that, man. He's a WWE fucking superstar. You know what I mean? Like superstar. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, but I think it's also the two out of three falls stipulation leads me to believe somebody's going to help him win. Yeah, it. it I think Edge is going to help him win. Um, mm-hmm. But this is also a weird pay-per-view to debut Edge on. It's not like one of the main <laughs> right, pay-per-views. Right, it's not the main, the flagpole pay-per-view. But it, this might be a way to kind of establish this and the fact that Tony's putting all of this uh, hyperbole around this mm-hmm. and trying to hype this thing up. It's a new it. beginning. We're changing the game and all this stuff, yeah. I, I could see that meaning that we're going to get more than one debut tonight. So I can see Edge being one. Who else? Who else? Who else? Um, a woman? Yeah. You see some women. Named after uh, a car? Uh, Mariah May has just finished up her time with stardom. She's made a point of saying that. Um, she also said the stuff during her match in Japan that she was wrapping up. I can see her being someone that shows up. I can also Is see... There a, there's a woman match on this card? Yes. Oh, TBS Stat title match. and Julia. Yes. TBS title match. Uh, Chris Statlander <sighs> will be taking on Julia Hart for the TBS championship. Um of course, I think the Statlander is winning here. I like the way that they've built up Julia Hart. Um, Julia Hart has improved immensely, but I think Julia's losing. Um, yeah. And I think that that's potentially leading to either Mariah May coming out at the end or something else or possibly getting Mercedes. Luxury car? Luxury car? Or something. <laughs> um, I do think we're going to see Mercedes tonight. Um, you think we're um, going to see Mercedes tonight, not Martinez? Sorry, Sundays. I think we're going to see Mercedes on Sunday. Um, I'm not in sh- I'm not sure in what way, but just kind of have a feeling we're going to see Mercedes. Um, if you if you give me the over under on it being Mercedes or Edge, I think I'm I'm leaning towards Mercedes because it's the tide in New Japan as well. Um, Mercedes, of course, had the had the dealings with New Japan. I feel like Mercedes is showing up here. I can okay. I can see um, it. I, I think that Edge is going to be there. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. So uh, we've also got the big uh, six-man match. Christian, sorry, Chris Jericho and the Golden Elite will be taking on uh, Kanosuke Takeshita, mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay. Um, this is going to be a very interesting match because. Yeah. I'm curious to see how Jericho works with. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that Jericho is one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, I'm very curious to see how Jericho is going to work with the Golden Lovers. Um, I'm curious to see how Ibushi is going to look in his match. Um, there are a lot of what ifs in this match. Um, yeah, but I, I think Osprey and Kenny are back in again. Like, there's a there's yeah. a bunch of stuff that's that's good in Th- here. There's a lot of things brewing here. I think that this could be a very fun match. Um, Osprey could... and Ibushi. Yeah, this could also um, be disastrous in spots, but definitely, we'll see. I, Chris Jericho's I, definitely gonna try his best to bring it out. I don't know, um... but yeah, I think this is. I think this is gonna be a good match. Yeah, hopefully, um, let's see. Um, we've also got uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship and Strong Openweight Championship match, yep. which will be Eddie Kingston versus uh, Katsuyura Shibata. Mm-hmm. Perfect match for this card. Um, and a show that's supposed to be an homage to Anoki and yep. a wrestler that's patting himself off of Anoki um, and Shibata. So, yeah, I think Eddie is going to retain here, though. It's way too soon to take Eddie's retaining, yeah. Um, but really happy for him that he's getting this kind of match because he's such a big New Japan fan, and I know that he is super excited for this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is exactly where Eddie Kingston was supposed to end up, I think, in this whole thing. And and he's going to knock it out of the park. And he's going to have so much fun in there with Shibata. But he's yeah. retaining. Yeah, I think he's retaining as well. Um, we also have Ricky Starks versus Wheeler Yuta, was the, mm. which was the match that was announced last night based off of uh, some of the stuff that we got from Collision. Um, yeah. Of course, I think Ricky Starks is winning here. Yeah. I, I think Willie Yuta is going to pull a good performance out of this because Willie Yuta somehow manages to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ricky's been on a big run, man. He's been a big run since he won uh, the Owen Cup. And I was saying on Russell Pierce, um, based off of the run he's had since then, I think you can safely say he's the best Owen Hart Cup winner. So far, yeah. out of all of the four people that have won it, um, including the women. I think he's benefited the most from the Owen Hart Cup win. Totally. Yeah, I think uh, everything that he's done since then, being able to interact with Punk a little bit, being in with Brian Danielson is just like, you're yeah. about to get exactly what you know. I think it, Ricky Starks has capitalized off of all that. I'm interested to see how he works with Yuta because he hasn't worked a lot of wrestlers like Yuta and mm-hmm. the style that he works. Are they going to work a Yuta style match? Are they going to work a Stark style match? Like, what's this going to be? This is a really intriguing match to me. But I think yeah. Starks is going to go over because he's on that trajectory right now. Yeah. I mean, of course, Wheeler works a very technical style. Um, so I'm very curious to see what this match looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I do think that Ricky's going to win. Yeah. Um, let's see. We also have a fatal four-way for mm-hmm. a shot at the AEW World Tag Team Championship, which will put the Young Bucks against um, the Guns, uh, mm-hmm. Lucha Brothers, and Orange Cassidy and Hook. Okay. Uh, yeah, I. This is tough to call because um, I can see the Young Bucks winning in some ways because I can see this getting back to the rematch with FTR. Um, I can also see um, them possibly winning and maybe all the open wins. And this is our way to getting the Young Bucks versus all the open. Um, but I kind of think the guns are going to retain. I mean, are going to win here. I don't know why. Kind of think the guns are winning. I don't see the guns beating the damn young bucks. The young bucks coming up. This is straight up. This isn't a straight up match. It's a fair. The thing that leads me to believe that the young bucks are going to go over because I feel like this title shot's going to happen at Full Gear, which is in Los Angeles, California, the home of the young bucks, baby. I don't. I don't think it is. I think you don't think so. I think the title match is going to probably happen on Title Tuesday because they announced the winner. Ah, uh, aha, uh-huh, okay. Okay, if we're going with that, then I, I also think the Guns are going to win. But if we're going with Full Gear, then I think the Bucks are going to win. But, yeah, I can see the the Guns winning tonight. Yeah, I think the Guns are going to win. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. The nah. Guns up over here, buddy. Mm-mm. Bang, Mm-mm. bang, gang. Um, but, yeah, speaking of our AEW World Tag Team Champions, um, FDR will be facing all the open. This match is going to cook. Their match at Royal Quest was fire. And Super I see, fire. I see no reason why this rematch is not going to be great. I mm-hmm. thought uh, all the open's promo the other night was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be good. And Kyle Fletcher can really talk. He's a good talker, man. Yeah, yeah. Really, mm-hmm. really big fan of those kind of promos. Mm-hmm. FDR had a really good response to them as well, um, which, uh, by the way, this came after a really good tag match on Collision. Again, this was yeah. one of my favorite episodes of Collision in a while, mm-hmm. and I think the, I think the, what do you call it, the, what, what was the tag team they faced? Uh, uh, Iron Jetty. Savages. Iron oh, no, Savages. this is the, the, the Workhorsemen. 
Yeah, workhorsemen. They had a couple of them back to back. My bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, workhorsemen um, were great in that match. Yeah, um, and I thought that they're was good. A, it, it wasn't a long match, but you got to see a lot of the, what they can do, and they look great. I like JD Drake in, in general. I think JD yeah. Drake is really really good. That moonsault yeah. he hit in that was. That false. See, Anthony Henry is really great too. I thought that yeah. uh, we've been talking for a while that that match is going to bang, and it definitely executed. Yeah, I could definitely see them getting another title match somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. But I thought that that entire the entirety of that the title match and the promo that came after were great. Mm-hmm. Um, very much looking forward to FDR versus Aussie Open. Could right. very much steal the show. Um, definitely. Very jealous that you're going to be in the going to try to. I'm excited. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. And you haven't even got to the match yet. We've been building one of these matches for damn near 10 years at this point. Yeah, man. That's, that's going to be a fun one. Um, but of course, as you said, the big newsworthy match, um, is the dream match on this card is Brian Danielson will be Mm -hmm. facing Zack Sabre Jr. in this match to, you know, this has been one of those showcase matches for a while to prove who is the best technical wrestler in the world. Zack has some claim to that. And, of course, it's Brian, so Brian has some claim to that as well. Mm-hmm. I think this match is going to be incredible. This is the match that we wanted last year for Ben Door. It was stolen for, from us. Um, ah, this match is going to be good. I'm very much excited for this. Big Zack Sabre, Mark. Big fan of him folding people up and big fan of the way he talks shit afterwards. Yeah. He was talking some big shit this week on Rampage. <laughs> Enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. Um, very much looking forward to this. This is a big deal. Like I said, it's like 10 plus years in the making. Zack Sabre Jr. hasn't wrestled one match in his life where they didn't compare him to Brian Danielson. He hasn't done one match where they weren't like Brian Danielson. So for him to get this match, they've been in the ring together before, but this is like yeah. culmination. Zack Sabre Jr. has been talking mad shit <sighs> in re- for like really, really bad shit recently in New Japan about Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson has said, I'm going to whoop your ass when I get to you. This is a big match. I'm going to the show for this match. Everything is just a cherry on top. Yeah. Um, I very much hope that Nigel McGinnis is on commentary for this match mm-hmm. because the way that Nigel hates this man's guts and the way that he <laughs> was gloating every second he got a chance during the main event of Collision last week yeah. was hysterical to me. Um, mm-hmm. There was one part of this where... Um, Brian was getting whipped with the with the uh with the strap and everybody else in commentary was like, oh no and Nigel was just like, nah, this guy's been married for thirteen years. He's been whipped. <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> Hold on, man. Hold on, bro. All right, Nigel. Nigel's hella funny, man. He won his <laughs> match too. He's not gonna stop until he get his match. Yeah, yeah, yes. Somebody in here. Uh, <laughs> man caught this, bro. A clam digger. <laughs> clam digger. Mm-hmm. Clam digger Danielson. Yeah, he hates him. He um, hates him. I yeah, love it. No, he, was, he was a blast on commentary on Saturday, and I hope that he is commentating Zack Zabra versus Brian. Uh, <laughs> that that would be a hoot. Uh, I don't think he would be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he will, but that would be so much fun. But, mm-hmm. uh, Main event, uh, or what I'm assuming will be the main event, if it's not the main event, the final match we haven't talked about, uh, will be uh, Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. Swerve, Swerve. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm very much looking forward to um, the in-ring stuff because we got all the story stuff. We got all of the uh, 
extra academics heading up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hangman, Hangman is. It, it sounds crazy to say this. I feel like Hangman is still kind kind of underrated as a wrestler. Yes. I think his title Agreed. reign. I think his title reign was very much underrated. He was having some banger matches as champion. Mm-hmm. And people just forget that this guy had two fucking Brian matches that were like match of the year contenders in this yeah. thing. Had a really good Adam Cole match in in this mm-hmm. reign. Nah, he and, and He's this good. year he had a great yeah. match with with uh, Mox. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I like Paige is one of those guys that I've been looking forward to seeing Swerve get in the ring with because we already know Swerve can go, but. We need to see him in there with the big names. The big epic names, yeah. Yeah, and I think this is one of those. Yeah, this is the way to get him on the track to to do that. I think this is going to be very good. Very much looking forward to this match. Yeah, this match is crazy right here. We've been waiting for – we've talked about it on this show, but Swerve has had a bunch of big moments. But I feel like this main main event match with the main event player – They've done everything that they needed to do, Phil, to get us to this match. They told the stories. They've had the promos. They've done the contract signing. Everything we needed to get excited about this match has been executed, especially coming from two guys that they said in multiple times of promos. They've never had a match. They've never, they've never done anything in a show. And now we want to see these guys fight. And they're one of the most anticipated matches of this brand new pay-per-view that they're doing. Insanely excited about it. I hope my homeboy Swerve pulls this out, but Adam Page is a fucking monster, and I could see him hitting a butt shock Larry and getting my boy out of here. But I hope that doesn't happen. Let's go, Swerve. This match, beyond anything, though, I think is going to be really great. Yeah, no matter who wins this, I think it's going to be a really good match. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm looking for it. Hopefully the birthday boy gets his homecoming win in yep. Seattle, um, and hopefully this leads to them pushing my guy to the moon. Uh-huh. Um, so... Yeah, this looks like a really good card. Uh, should be a fun one for you to be in the building for. Um, this guy probably is going to be at the next two AEW pay-per-views. I'm sure he will be in L.A. for full gear. 1,000%. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, I got a lot of AEW shows coming up. They're doing a show in November. and uh, Actually, I'm going to be at Dynamite next week because they're going to be in Stockton. And then they're going to be in Oakland. Like, I'm outside. I don't, don't want to no, hear no more, man. <laughs> I don't want to hear no more. Legit, there's no like more. I think there's like five more shows in California for like the rest of the year. <laughs> I don't want to hear no more about this. I'm sick of Chicago stuff. I don't want to hear no more. Okay. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm done with it. I get it. No, we're, we've been spoiled. I can't even say anything anymore. Uh, let me just check right quick to make sure I did not miss any of our Humper Chats uh, before we slide. Uh, we do not have any more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do we have any more super chats? No, that is all of the super chats. Oh no, actually, we have one more from Leonard Aaron's third, who says, "Title Tuesday, Swerve MJF for the AEW World Title." Who says no, or is it too soon? Uh, I think it's too soon. I because you, yeah. the, it's it's not that it's too soon to put Swerve in title contention. I just think that MJF has so many other things already lined up ahead of it. That it yeah. would feel like you're kind of shoehorning that in, in, in front of other storylines because you, you've you've got you've got Jay White at this point you've got whatever's going on with this other masked man I, I think it's too soon. It'll feel like when Ricky Starks got the title shot with Max it was like it wasn't really it, Ricky Starks time like they sold it and everything and it worked out they had the diamond the the ring and everything but it just wasn't really the time and I think that's what it is right now for Swerve. 
Yeah. Now, wouldn't be mad at it, but I don't. Not think at all. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is it for us. Um, we have mm-hmm. been here for extended amount of time. We have <laughs> run over three hours for a second week in a row. <laughs> Thank you guys um, for being here with this. <laughs> Appreciate you guys for hanging with us. Uh, appreciate uh, Johnny for stopping through. He was a great guest. Uh, be sure to support him and support what he's doing. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have anything else out there to plug, right? Righteous Ridge, but Nah. If you see me uh, outside tomorrow, say what's up. That's it. Yeah, if you see him in these streets, uh, too sweet him. Sorry if I have comic. Um, I am infringing on your gimmick, Emilio Sparks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, it's uh, all good. Man, as always, appreciate you guys. Um, again, if you do want to buy a hat or you do want to buy some of our merch, uh, feel free to check it out at grapsody.bigcartel.com. But other than that, man, this has been Phil Lindsay, Righteous Reg. This is Grapsy. We are out of here, man. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.